It is the Chair Shot Podcast, or should I say WrestleMania Weekend Podcast Mania Night One from LA or something. It's CSP coming to you fresh off the press. We're, we're, we're so hot off the press that WrestleMania is technically not even finished yet. That's when we're doing this show. Um, we're going to break down all the news and happenings from this weekend so far. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, by the way, Barry, obviously, in case you didn't twig after 600 episodes. With me, as always, and my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Same host. Same host every episode. Has been for More 13 or years. Less. More or less. Yeah. Apart from the odd one. Apart from the odd one here and there. Hello. Also with us, 600 episodes strong, Mr. Paul Griffin. Yeah. I mean, there are other wrestling podcasts. Well, we're, we're ostensibly still a wrestling podcast, but there are other ones where... The cast isn't even the same as it was back at the beginning. Just new people, completely new people. You know who I thought about for the first time in a decade the other day? Todd Martin. Where is oh, he yeah. now? He's at the tour. I think he's still at the tour. I follow him on Twitter still. I think yeah. he's at the, he doesn't. I forgot, I forgot he existed. I like listened to him and Brian Alvarez back in the day. Yeah, I, I still follow. He doesn't. I don't think he tweets very much, which is very sensible. For, for, uh, yeah. Very very wise man to do so. Every now every now and then he'll pop up with a wrestling tweet. I'm like, oh yeah. I think I think it's just I've I've never I've had a, I've I've occasionally subbed to the torch, but I kind of. Not not very consistently, so I haven't heard a show of his in quite a while. Um, shit in it. But this little mother going strong, same people, most importantly. I mean, imagine that. Like, you, you start listening to, I mean, I was going to say listen to a band, but that that happens quite frequently. It happens in music. all the time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it is, I mean, it is that kind of thing, though. Like, you listen to, is it, like, you know, typically it's bands like Journey and Jefferson Starship and that, and, and they're touring, and it's like featuring. Uh, the bass player from the original band and <laughs> no one else. And, is, uh, usually that's because someone's died. That's, yeah. It's like the drummer died. So they get well, with Jefferson Starship, they have like, it, there was like a spin off band just called Starship, oh, yeah. which. Uh, is, oh, no, was, no, Jefferson Airplane, then Jefferson Starship, wasn't it? But there's, also, there's also one just called then, Starship, which is the replacement Starship. singer who came in. So the guy who's on jane the orange cassidy song he's not the original singer he's the singer now of starship it's like oh my god i need the the tube map of who's in which fucking group live in los angeles featuring the equipment manager from the original band it's jefferson starship (laughs) ship 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 Well, if, if one of us dies, we're definitely not replacing them. We are just ending. <laughs> we will no, not replace God. Paul or Barry. I'm sorry. No, obviously I'll outlive both of them. I, I, I mean, that's a very safe bet. I mean, I would, I would, I would take that. I would take that money on myself. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> um, I mean, you could just get AI to do any of us. That's a, here's a really scary thing with 600 episodes and plus, you know, like various other bits and bobs we've done over the years. You could definitely teach an AI to to just be one of us. The only problem is that for like half of my vocabulary is going to be in on inaudible MP3s from a decade ago, where where the 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 AI is going to just sound like a robot. Um, but uh, I think I think we could do that. Um, just go and chat GPT, say hey, present an episode of CSP for me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we have got a a gigantic stuffed lineup. Um, for you here. We've got all the usual fun and games, movie golf, games, television, life updates and all that, but I suppose that's we would be remiss were we not to kick off with the big news of the weekend, and that is the weekend itself. It's WrestleMania weekend. 
Um, and I suppose before we actually jump into to the big show, I suppose who, who ha- has watched Watched uh, on on this year weekend? Um, uh, I I watched Ring of Honor. I watched the top three matches from WrestleMania. I watched for the culture, and I watched like half of Bloodsport. And the only reason I watched those last two was because Fight, in their infinite wisdom, you can just get a free trial of Fight Plus. You don't mm. even have to be a new new account. Oh, really? Just get one. Yeah. Um, uh, and they have all the collective stuff. So oh. Spring Break, all that stuff is on there. And that, to be fair to them as well, like so I, I got a free trial. Loving it. That's great. It's also only like nine quid if you were to actually pay for it. So that's, that's a massive bargain. Because, of course, GCW do seven million shows over WrestleMania weekend. It's all fucking... It's Jimmy Lloyd's fuck around and find out or whatever the fuck they're doing you know it's it's they've got 10 million uh, um uh like theme shows and like two of them are any good but um so i i i nab that and you could and obviously they have the vod so even if, if you haven't cashed in your trial yet you can do it now watch blood sport and 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 whatever else you want to watch there's a show i'm on fight now and there's a show called ftr with dax harwood live now correct me if i'm wrong is he not in ftr how is it? <laughs> yeah, I, how is so he the with pod- FTR? The podcast is called FTR, but it's just him. In, right. in a perfect, in a perfect analogy for how things work with them, he's the one shooting out his mouth, but it's all just getting lumped. But poor owl uh, hair is getting lumped in with him. Um, yeah, yeah. That was the one. I don't know if it's a replay of, of. It's probably just the one show. I'd say it's a replay, but it's like mm. this is the one where he was like texting CM Punk on stage. I'm like, oh my oh, god, what stop, stop, stop being a loser. Christ. Geek. Oh dear. Anyway, what what have you boys watched from the weekend, uh, Joe? Uh, I, w- I watched Ring of Honor. Um, that was it, really. I okay. don't intend on watching WrestleMania because uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit woke, but I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I don't remember last summer when it came out that Vince McMahon was a, a rapist and a sexual. He's uh, a what? But. Um, yeah, a lot of people seem to have forgotten that and then sort of moved on now that now that we're in WrestleMania season. It's like uh, oh, Yeah, oh. you know, decades of abuse, but uh don't want to miss the WrestleMania moments. So that's yeah, yeah. that's more important. Whereas of course if you're like uh, an, an indie wrestler who was accused of the same thing and you're appearing on some indie card in bumfuck Idaho, then obviously that's a big problem and then everyone should boycott that and and you know that's disgusting that they would book an abuser. But ooh, I'm going to Los Angeles for WrestleMania, baby. So yeah, I just I find the hypocrisy. Maybe maybe I'm being sanctimonious, maybe I'm being too sensitive, but I find the hypocrisy of wrestling fans to be quite something. So you so you did not you you are not you're not flying home with a chair tomorrow. Um, you're, you're not coming no. to us live from Los Angeles. I'm not, no. And I, I haven't even looked at the results of, of last night. Wow. I'm not particularly interested either. So, All right, Paul, but, you know. all that said, you're on the bubble. So how much of WrestleMania have you watched? You watched it all. You text me and you go, and this pre-show is bloody brilliant. Do you love listening to Booker T? I love it, Paul said to me. <laughs> well, I mean, as the only person who's never been to WrestleMania of the three of us, I feel oh! like I, I, was on, I was on the old, this lad's a rapist train. Oh, listen to this. Go on. (laughs) Well, you twos went and paid for $10 hot dogs or whatever. You wish $10. You wish $10 got you a fucking (laughs) hot dog in an American fucking stadium. All right. What have you watched this weekend, Paul? I watched uh, Bloodsport. Okay. 
in its entirety, and it's two hours, 17 minutes entirety, mm-hmm. uh, an hour 15 of which was uh, entrances and then walking out at the <laughs> parade at the start. Um, Ring of Honor mm. and night one of WrestleMania. Excellent. Okay, great. Um, hmm, what, what's the best way to do this then, I suppose? Well, since it's the thing we've all watched, will we start with Ring of Honor? Yes, yeah. the 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 best show, the best show so far. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed Ring of Honor as, I, I, as I, much I, as people have been fawning over Night One of WrestleMania. I mean, I thought Ring of Honor was was outstanding. I paid I paid actual mm. cash money to watch Ring of Honor. Me too. Here's the weird thing though, Fight TV. When I went on my iPad application, threw the price up to me at twenty three euro ninety nine. Mm. But when I went to the website, it was $19.99, which is like a five euro difference. Yeah. yeah. So given the choice, I paid the cheaper one. There is a discrepancy. I, I, I usually, I think for me, it's usually like pounds versus dollars. Like and if you mm. order it on one, it gives you dollars. So it's cheaper, but I, I don't know. But it works either way. Yeah, exactly. And then you can still <laughs> so, watch it on both. It's not limited to mobile or whatever. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, why would you pay the more expensive one? Crazy. Mm, they Crazy haven't figured stuff. that one out. I wasn't going to buy it, but honestly, when he, when he announced Tanahashi versus Daniel Garcia, I was like, "Oh yes, <laughs> you, you, you were doing the Garcia dance." Which I was. <laughs> I just, that is that is a legit dream match for me. I just ah, uh, I love Garcia so much. Oh, he's the best. He's very. Then Tanahashi came out with all Mark Briscoe up. What the fuck? Yeah, the I'm apple biting into an apple over the weekend. <laughs> he's like a seventy-year-old. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he still got it though. Anyway, Ring of Honor. Um, so, did you watch the pre-show? Because the pre-show was actually yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, I mean, this was like on paper. This was like top to bottom from the pre-show up. Was like a, a fan- fantastic card on paper. Um, I suppose not, not too much to really talk about on the pre-show. I just thought it was a, a very solid opening hour. Uh, classic kind of warm-up stuff, and they played some of the videos as well. Uh, so, yeah. Any any other notes on that? I mean, Karaske Takesh and Willie Mack, I thought was very fun. Very fun, yeah. Um, the other matches were fine. <laughs> I don't really have anything to say. No, there was, not, there was not too much else to say. Um, no, 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 no. Of course, what was um, the... we had the introduction of Ring of Honor legend, uh, Mr. Nigel McGuinness. Oh, of course. Which we we fuck off, mate. Oh, oh, mate. You're, you're right, James, aren't you? Fuck oh, you know. What's that, Caprice? <laughs> Your wife's anniversary? Give her one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> from me, son. I love that he comes in mentioning snooker players in the in the very first match. I'm like, yeah, good <laughs> Nigel. I think it's a good signing. I think he's quite quite a good commentator. Or he's he's, a, he's sort of interesting. He's not just a generic sort of yeah. And you know, a bit of a bit of a nice to have a historic figure there mm. on the you know to do commentary and i'm sure he can do you know he, he can be a good analyst he can be a good talking head on like a pre-show special you know yeah um, and yeah. as much as you know riccoboni and caprice coleman are fine i wouldn't yeah. say they're exploding with charisma necessarily oh, I, I, so. I would hang on i i would i would say they're better than fine i i think i think they're i think they're better than than everyone except like excalibur and yeah. taz i would say they're, well, I think they're very good. And I was, who, else and, and, in, who else is in the list? Uh, well, that's but the, but that's the point, though, isn't it? There's no the, who else would you even say I could come close yeah, to them? They're, exactly. I think. Oh, I think they're very. I think they're very good. And I, I will say, even though I enjoyed Nigel's presence, I think he's. I think he's got. Um, I think he's got some WWE training he needs to shake off over the next couple of weeks in in, in mm. ROH. I would say 
But um, do you see that? See that picture of his uh, of his merch stand going around from WrestleCon? Uh, no. Forty bones for old Ring of Honor DVDs. He's charging. <laughs> uh, you cheeky mocha. Oi, wait, I'm going to jump like these boys. It was the uh, Earl, Earl Hebner stealing t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And he's also still selling some, some of them last of McGuinnesses also for 40 quid. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and, he, and he was doing magic tricks at his merch table, which was very good. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, Owl Nige is back. Uh, the, show, the show proper uh, opened up with uh, Commander versus El Hijo del Vikingo Ooh, in, in, the, in the highlight reel match. Um, I mean, it was it was exactly what you would expect. You could have closed. Well, no, I was not saying you could have closed your eyes and pictured it, but that's actually not true because Vikingo was doing all kinds of mad shit you couldn't have even made up in your brain um, uh, 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 during that match. Uh, you know, I think I think fair to say maybe not the best actual match you've ever seen, but it mm-hmm. absolutely did its did its job for what you want those those lads to do. I, I thought it was better than the Omega match. In oh, that regard, really? in terms of I, I, in terms of a match and and having a fr- we talked about last week, mm. your mega match kind of not having a flow to it. This one felt like it was it was better in that regard to me, and had more more spectacular spots in it. It was kind of like do you remember when Sin Cara came into WWE, yeah, and they kept talking about how they're going to bring in this other guy as his base because that's the guy that he works with. I forget who the other guy was. But he ne- he never showed up at the end. That's oh, in character. Yeah. Never about yeah. anything. But there was constant rumors that they're going to bring in this other guy because he's the guy Sin Cara works with, and they can do do their <laughs> matches. Um, and this felt like Commander was was a great kind of uh, base for Vikingo's aerial acrobatics and so on. And and so presumably they've worked together a lot, and they 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 kind of had the timing down uh, much better than you would in a first time match. And so it felt like a lot of the stuff worked and flowed a lot better. And um, I, I forget, it was you, Joe, who pointed out last week, you know, Omega looking up, waiting for the Hurricane Rana. Like even that here felt a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. Everything felt mm-hmm. a little bit more organic. Um, And yeah, it was, it was a hell of an opener. I mean, goddamn, as much as well, as far as openers go, it was pretty much perfect, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Mad stuff. Some of the stuff. Oh God. Some of the stuff. Although I'm sure it's one of his his things that he does all the time, but when the table came out in the exact same spot he <laughs> yeah, did on Wednesday, yeah. there was a little bit of right, and, and also that it was Commander who took it out and set it up in the exact yeah. same spot. It's like, well, number one, did you not watch the match on Wednesday? Um, <laughs> like, yeah, if you're gonna tr- do that spot again so soon after it was done on on TV maybe try and figure a way to get that table involved in a bit more of a creative way or not make it so obvious mm. that that's what's going to ultimately be happening, but really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so that got us off on the right foot. Then the next match was the six man tag titles, uh, Brian cage and his big boys, whose names I, I constantly forget the embassy. Um, they uh, defended successfully the titles against the very unusual team the, of the Motley Crew, <laughs> the Motley Crew of Blake Christian, Ar Fox, and Metalik, uh, uh, which uh, is, is, is a funny old team. Um, you know, basically, I mean, it was funny because there was all this talk about Brian Cage apparently not resigning, which I guess maybe he has actually. Um, and I was like, well, they're not going to put the titles on these guys, are they? Um, but they did not. 
it was an all right match. You know, it was uh, kind of in a little bit of a death spot. I was I was wondering, I forgot this match was on the card. And I was like, what is going to go on after the commander match? Because that is just crazy. How are you going to follow that? And it's like, oh, right. Yeah, there you go. Um, but this was this was all right for what it was. You know, solid little second match on the card. Solid little second match. Yeah, well, I, th- I, th- I thought it was kind of damaged in comparison with the opening because it was quite spotty as well. They were doing yeah. the same kind of thing. So I... Mm, I think it was probably the weakest for me just because of that, even though it was quite good. And, and then you had the ladder match coming up as well, which again, loads of spots. So I, that, I was a bit like, yeah, I just saw a man like run across the entire top rope and do a 630 degree, like <laughs> sent on to the outside. Yeah. You know, uh, okay. 12 feet in the air as well. <laughs> Jesus. The amount of yes. elevation he got on that one. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. Other than, other than that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, the embassy retained in that one, uh, and then we went to the uh, ROH Women's Championship, um, I believe, which was Athena successfully defending against Yuka Sakazaki. I guess they've been building this on Dark and stuff. They've been doing this. They've been building this on uh, AEW YouTube. I mean, look, I'm not watching any of that. Let's be real. Um, uh, during her entrance, I was kind of thinking, as uh, someone who never really enjoyed Ember Moon. Like during Athena's entrance here, I was like, this is like the most it's felt like she's put it all together basically since she left the Indies, I felt. I I, I think she's on a hell of a run, like currently. And to the degree, like I realize ROH has to have stars too, but to the degree I'm kinda like it's I feel like AEW could do it a little bit of juice in that women's division and having mm-hmm. her being as good as she is with her character. Oh, she's really got it going. Big entrance. The matches are good. And I'm like, I uh, can we trade the spray paint girls for Athena maybe onto, onto Dynamite. But um, I, I don't foresee that happening. She's already lost uh, to Jade like three times, hasn't she? That, yeah, <laughs> that's I suppose part that's of the it. They've, they've kind of pancaked her on, the, on, on AEW. Mm. So she's, she's resetting down there. But, um, and I mean, the, the, another good match. Another good match. Like I said, Athena really firing on all cylinders. Yuka is really good. She's another one of the, uh, kind of like Riho, where I'm just kind of like, I guess she's splitting her time between Japan and the US, because whenever she's over, she's really good. But then she's gone again. So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Yeah. she got a great theme song as well. Great theme song. Uh, live live update uh, Graham Potter has been sacked as the manager of Chelsea FC. oh my goodness two in one day Him Barry and, uh, immediate reaction what do you think any thoughts I mean I mean Potter I mean um, you know uh, there's I mean he's, he can always take a job in WWE do you know what I mean I mean that's sure. that's you know they, they, they like disgraced office types I don't know that's what he true. did but they'll yeah. take him yeah, yeah. good stuff I mean, if you said to me, if you just said his name and said, what is what what has he been sacked this from? Yeah. I, I would have said, oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Anything else on the women's match? Mm. Um, was good. To the point about the entrance, the, the standing on the little dolly felt very simultaneously cool but also like a like a wwe nxt entrance yeah i was i was very i was very much oh shit it's it's uncle howdy he's, he's a big he's, kaiju yeah um i thought i mean i thought calling her a little porcelain doll was very funny insults but uh, yeah, i i didn't then need the visual metaphor of her stepping on the actual doll but, you know, <laughs> a little bit on the nose but um mm. yeah it's funny the this f- is the match i think where um 
not knowing much about Ring of Honor, Brona asked me, because she's sick to death of the women's matches on Dynamite. They have a nothing match that goes five minutes with, with like, one of the outcasts versus an absolute jabron like Sky Blue or whoever. And then it goes a couple of minutes, and then the heels come in, and they're going to do the spray paint, and a baby face runs them off. We've now seen that 17 times. Mm. And she was like, is that going to happen after this match? I was like, no, 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 because the the... To to speak in extremely broad strokes, the difference with Ring of Honor is that they try somewhat and keep it a little bit pretty much just the match just happens and and the match is the match and that's that. And uh, that's also why they handshake before and after. Most of the bad guys do the handshake. And she was very impressed with that. And I think we're, we're, we're inching closer to <laughs> Rampage being binned in this house and, and Ring of Honor being the new, the new second program we watch. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Dynamite still has that X factor, right? It's still Dynamite. It's still exciting. It's, it's, the, it's the second biggest you know, thing in, in US wrestling. But uh, the, the tropes on Dynamite are, are, are kind of wearing a bit thin. And I definitely don't need to see them on an ice cold B show like Rampage. So um yeah. So Ring of Honor might be on the ups in this house, I think. Yeah. Last thing on, on the match, the the finish off the rope was great as well. Mm. Very good. Uh, what was next? I actually don't have the card here in front of me. Uh it was the Joe Joe, uh, Joe. match. Oh yes, the first big the first big controversial moment of the weekend. It's funny it's funny that that, that this weekend it's been it's been a Tony Khan verse uh, show that's been all about that heat, brother. Gotta get to, <laughs> got, you got you got to make them wanted, brother. It's but you can just stretch it out a little bit longer and make them really wanted. And then the WWE one has been, for the most part, been the the happy results and the and the big payoffs and things like that. Um, I I expected Briscoe to win this, but I have to say I thought. I was in the camp. I thought it was quite ballsy to have Joe retain. I also thought it was smarter, more interesting booking to have him retain, especially since in the opening videos, they were hammering home that like Joe has always steamrolled over the Briscoes. And I was like, Mm. you know what? I think it's a little bit low hanging fruit and a little bit cheap and a little bit easy to just have Mark win straight away after his, his brother passes away. Uh, uh, And I, I, I thought there was a lot more, a lot more juice to be squeezed from this story. I thought, and I was actually, uh, I was actually happy with those. and I thought the match was great and and as we've said a lot on this podcast I'm like Joe is like Joe is like a new man currently do you know what I mean it's like it's like you wouldn't know you know he's had the ups and downs that he's had in his career because he's just he's in tremendous form at the moment I, I wasn't surprised I mean I didn't see a lot of the reaction online but I, I didn't think it was a huge shock I thought Mark was probably going to win just for the cheap well, not the say cheap pop, that's harsh, but you know what I mean for the feel-good pop. But I wasn't that surprised that Joe won. You know what I mean? I didn't, okay. It seems like it was an outrage. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I can see him winning. Doesn't mm. that big a deal? And maybe Mark goes on to something else, or maybe wins the title next time. I don't know. But um, yeah, I thought it was just a very good match. Um, and still had that emotion to it. And then at the end, obviously that he came out again, and and that's where you got the real kind of like feel-good moment or the the emotional moment. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, although the the feel good moment later on was was slightly tainted by the fact that Dante Martin's leg had just exploded. Um, but <laughs> if it isn't my old friend Mister McGreg, with a leg <laughs> and no leg for a leg. Um, I thought it was great. I thought the fact that it seemed like Briscoe was nailed on to win played into the the false finishes working as well as they did. Mm. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, and and like you had you had the seventy six Briscoe family members in the front row, which was always great, and yeah. the little kids scream, "Come on, Dad! Come on, Dad!" And then like you know, I mean, it's pro wrestling, so you know they they know what's up, especially that family. But like Joe winning, and then you've got the shot of the crying kids. I was like, oh, that's but that's that's the, that's the bittersweetness, isn't it? That's what's great about it. Like it's sad, but it also just makes you makes you mm-hmm. want it even more. Um, you know, I thought it was. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I was surprised. I thought I thought they'd go for the, um, uh, the the obvious result. But yeah. Um, up next, uh, we have the aforementioned Tanahashi versus Daniel Garcia match. Um, yes, and you know this 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 era of Tanahashi. You know, he's not going to go out there, and you know, yeah, no, he's 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 pushing on. I don't think he's any knees anymore. He's he's about as many knees as he has front teeth. Um. Uh, uh. But he's still he's still able to go out there and sell his arse off and be Hiroshi Tanahashi. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, if if you're gonna if 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 you're gonna do a match where it's kind of more about your 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 character and your selling, then who better to be in there with than than Owl, the the foremost <laughs> wrestling's foremost clown, Daniel Garcia. I mean, he is so ridiculously entertaining. I actually just can't. It's everything from his st- stupid walk with his fists in the air when he comes down the ramp. The Nate Diaz. The 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 just it's just so so good. And yeah, in, in a match where you know in twenty twenty three you're not going to get Tanahashi doing you know high fly flows out of the ring anymore. I mean that's that's not really on the table. Um, but but he and Garcia had a, a very fun middle of the show match. I thought it's mad that Tanahashi is still doing high fly flows at all. Yes. Yeah. It's like we're we're coming into Hogan not doing the leg drop anymore territory, surely. Um still climbing to the top rope, still slamming them knees into the into the ring every every time. Um very funny visual him not having the teeth, by the way. That was uh Yeah. I was, I was watching that and I was going, what like 'cause I because again I didn't see any of the stuff he was on no, no, uh, no. over the weekend. So I think so. I think that I think High Spots were doing a bunch of stuff in the PWG building since they were in LA, and I was like, "What the fuck? Did someone kick his fucking teeth out?" Um, <laughs> I hadn't seen that either, and I thought Daniel Garcia had done it. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> "Bad man, Garcia." <laughs> but yeah, apparently, yeah. So it was just he bit into it, but he bit into an apple. But apparently, it's happened before. I was like, "How many years ago did he lose his teeth?" Apparently, it's not a new. It's not a new occurrence. Apparently, he did get a great picture with Mark Briscoe backstage, though, which was very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so greatly appreciated that. Um, but yeah, good stuff um, uh, to, to to break things up on the show. Then there was the Reach for the Sky ladder match. Uh, the Lucha Bros winning the Ring of Honor Titans, which I mean. That's one of those ones where I was very surprised by it, but then when you look back at it and you look at the list of teams, you're like, yeah, that actually, like, they wouldn't have put them in there if they weren't going to kind of try and make a splash by having them win. But uh, they uh, they defeated Top Flight, uh, The Kingdom, Aussie Open, um, uh, La Faccion in Gaiba Noble. Uh, sorry, that's the whole match. Um, I'm very bored of ladder matches. I feel like we've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, setting up the ladder and doing the bridge, falling out of the ring, and oh, you put it, you went through the ladder. Oh, that's so crazy. But I have to say, even with that cynicism, I was blown away by how crazy this was, and they really, they really went ham in this match. Um, <laughs> it, up to up to the finish, which was 
an incredible spot until I realized that Dante Martin had been horribly injured in it. Mm. I, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I, I thought I'd seen it all, but now I've seen something crazy. Um, I remember just looking at my phone after the match, just thinking I'd seen a cool spot and everyone was puking and, and, and losing their lunch at what they'd seen. I was like, well, I didn't notice. I didn't even twig the first time uh, I saw the, the spot. If anyone didn't see the show, so basically it was a, there was a ladder set up in the ring and then they had the old ladder bridge between the standing ladder and the top rope. And Pentagon and Dante Martin were standing on it, on the ladder bridge. And they did a Canadian destroyer off the ladder bridge over the top rope, out of the ring, through a double stack of tables. It was absolutely mental. It was absolutely mental. And I guess the forward momentum from doing the Canadian Destroyer sort of caused Martin to land on his foot, which caused it to, like, no exaggeration, like, not saying this for effect, literally go the completely wrong direction on his leg. It was one of those ones where I didn't see what everyone was talking about. So then I looked at a gift that someone had made and I literally looked, looked at it once and I was like, All right, that's, I, I, I literally never need to see this again for the rest of my life was my, my reaction. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it was a combination of the torque of them spinning. I think Penta landed on them as well as okay. I went through the tables. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? It's the balance of, that these guys, you know, the old the old cliche, they put their lives on the line to entertain. Mm. But but also that there needs to be a, a, a point at which something is too risky or too insane to be yeah. worth it, really. Like, if they had done from the same st- starting position, say, a Batista bomb through the tables, mm. I don't know that that would have been visually that less impactful, but surely much safer. From their point of view, the the Canadian destroyer is already quite a dangerous (laughs) maneuver. You should not be doing it on top of stacks of ladders, table, anything. I Mm. just, I don't know. And I mean, it's easy for us to say this in retrospect as well, but maybe this can be, no pun intended, a turning point for kind of people looking at these kind of matches and saying, okay, maybe we can be a bit more creative in how we do them without the risk going out the window, you know, exactly. So maybe be more creative in the sense of climbing a ladder and getting the belts kind of Sean, Mike, like really take it back to Sean Michaels, uh, razor Ramon (laughs) levels and try to be creative in terms of the story of that match, as opposed to creative in how we can set up a, Mm. a screwball scramble (laughs) mousetrap contraption and, and hurt ourselves doing it, you know, because these matches not only, have they become you know more and more dangerous in terms of spots to do? But it feels like they're more and more frequent now as well. Mm. Which um, the the multi man ladder matches, right? Right. Yeah. They're just. It seems like we have one every couple. There was one on NXT, like one on NXT this week. One of one of Ring of Honor this week. There was one. AEW did one like three weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like. Uh, I that, and that's kind of what I mean by by I'm over it. It's not just okay. Funnily enough, twenty two years ago this week was TLC2 which you know I mean at that stage think about this like that match is 23 years old and that was like the fifth one of those they'd done in as many months because they had they had like Edge and Christian and the Hardys had a ladder match on Raw a few months before TLC2 do you know what I mean like and then they would they, they you know like and 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 it's it's continued at that pace if not faster for the last 20 odd years and yeah I mean 
I mean, the WWE does a fucking ladder match. Like, uh, the NXT alone as a brand has had so many ladder matches. AEW is, is uh, you know, for a company that, like, really protects the cage match, they've, they've, they've done a lot of ladder matches. They have done a lot of ladder matches. And I I, I think that's I think that uh, that's kind of why I went into this not as as excited as it might look on paper because you're just like we've mm. I've seen it all, all mm. before, but um, but yeah, I think we need, I think we I think we need to chill on the on the ladder matches for a while. Um, do do more cage matches or something? I don't know. You can jump off the top of a cage, like do one spot off the top of a cage, and just, that's fine. Just, just do matches. Just do oh, matches. It doesn't. Ooh, okay. Sorry, it Vince doesn't... McMahon Senior. Or, right. <laughs> just do matches in my territory. Do, just exclusively do pure rules. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Make sure those wrestling boots are white or black. I don't want to see any color wrestling boots. And, Shake and hands people, first. And people get disqualified for going over the top rope. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, we did have the pure wrestling rules match um, uh, for the title. Uh, I was surprised by this. I mean, Katsuri Shibata defeating Wheeler Yuta. Not only was I surprised by by Shibata winning, but like the story of the match was very much like Yuta was not on his level in the slightest because Shibata like slapped him around for a while. Yuta had to use two of his rope breaks. Shibata didn't use one. They did a spot where Yuta was slapping him and Shibata no-sold it and then elbowed him in the face. Um, uh, I was very surprised at this. Um, uh and it, it felt it felt a lot like Shibata going out there and having it felt much more than the Orange Cassidy match. It really felt like a very intense like Shibata is kind of back back uh, match, and um, it remains very funny that it doesn't seem like New Japan want to use him. And so he's like, "Well, I'm jumping on a plane, brother. You can catch me in the converse." Um, yeah. What did you boys make of this? Good shit. It was a bit different from the uh, <laughs> the previous pure matches between Daniel, DG, Garcia, and uh, Mr. Wheeler. Um, but I liked it. And I was surprised at the end. Bit of a surprise ending. I wasn't quite expecting that. But I, I did like it. Yeah, um, and I like the storyline of, as you mentioned, Shibata coming in as basically, a, I say it's called a legend, but like a, a top guy. Mm. And Yuda, just the young, young lion, not quite on his level. I like that as a storyline. You know, I, I was listening to the um, John Moxley on Renee Young podcast in the week as well. He made a good point about like inspiration for match ideas uh, in terms of the psychology and the story of the match. And he, you know, he looks at MMA fights and kind of the the, the natural flow of a fight and how you can that can be applied to wrestling. Mm-hmm. This kind of felt like that, where you just sometimes have a, a mismatch where one guy is just is not on the level of the other guy, and you don't have to do your hope spots and your mm. you know your come down, your your you know rock and roll. It's just just Shabbat is just better. He's got the higher rating, the higher two K twenty three rating. Goes in, has a match, slaps him around, forces him to use his rope breaks and beats him clean. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, nice for him to win the belt. Um, I wasn't expecting it, so that was that was kind of my surprise on the show. I was like, "Oh, Jesus!" Because um, you know, he obviously he's made a few appearances now, but it always felt like he's in for uh, an appearance, and then you know, then he's gone. So for him to actually win the belt and kind of presumably be around for a while is pretty cool. Mm. 
yeah. So we, are, I'm, I'm very. Into, I, I'm, I'm for this and many other reasons. I'm very interested to check out Ring of Honor TV. Um, you know, they they had an excellent show here, but I also think they planted some very interesting and fun seeds for um, what is to come. And Shibata is one of them. You know, is is, is he going to be around? I mean, he, he does a lot of work in the LA dojo, so he is in the states a lot. Um. So yeah, I'm crazy. Other thing, actually, this was this was not acknowledged on the show at all. This is something people have pointed out afterwards. Is that the former Naomi Trinity Fatu was present at Ring of Honor, and uh, people in attendance did record her during the Athena match. She was, and it was. I remember reading a tweet and thinking it was odd phrasing, but then when you see the video, it makes sense. She was described as doing what really looked like in character. Oh, interesting. I'm keeping my eye on you. Uh, <laughs> pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. I'm a wrestler in the crowd watching another wrestler type stuff. So um, I, I will be intrigued to see how much of that is acknowledged on ROH TV. Um, that, be, that, that TK's big announcement? Yeah. See, it's funny. Like, I, I it would he ever be no. on just not acknowledged but visible to all the crowd on Ring of Honor and then announced there on Wednesday? No, uh, I, don't I don't think yeah. it's the announcement. Unless, also, unless he was also signing Mercedes. I don't think. Well, this the is the thing. If they're coming in as a tag team, it's one of those things where it's she's kind of like Christian in the sense where not a, not a bad announcement. I think she'd be yeah. a good outside signing, but to. And to say, I have a big announcement, and then it's Naomi, I think people would complain a little bit. Uh, I, I think um, I think it has to be something big. The, the other, the less interesting thing is that they it's all been, all but confirmed that they have another TV show starting soon. Um, mm. Some kind of 605 Saturday Night Studio wrestling thing, apparently. 605 Live. Yeah. Six, just, yeah, it's just like it's just Paul White and uh, uh, a bunch of uh, they're gonna sign a bunch of new boys. Anyway, so yeah, we'll see. Actually, they were plugging that a lot during the um, uh, Ring of Honor. It was getting quite annoying, actually. I have to say, I was uh, sick of hearing about Tony Khan's announcement. Um, you know, hopefully it's a fucking release date for that video game, but probably not. Um, I was in I was in uh, Smith's Toy Store over the weekend, and they had in the coming soon section. AW Fight Forever. Did it have a little Phil Brooks face on the front of it? Oh, I don't remember. No, it was the, the new one. I the think. new. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So that actually, this is a weird coincidence. We we were killing time before going to the cinema. I was also in Smiths over the weekend, and you know what I was struck by? Not an AW figure to be found. No, they don't carry them anymore. They only have them in Toy Master. Oh, was there some sort of some sort of rights dispute? Okay, I don't know, but. We don't um, have Toy Master here anymore. It went out of business. There was so. a Toy Master in the city center, and they had the figures, and they had staff wearing AW shirts. And no way! Yeah, 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 yeah. Just walking around, walking around Toy Master with a scissor me daddy ass uh, uh, <laughs> shirt. Um, I think Peter Avalon might have been working there. Actually, <laughs> well, listen, he's got to make ends meet. He's only human. Um, and then we went to the main event of the evening, which was Eddie Kingston. Uh, challenging for the world championship in what I thought was a bloody excellent uh, uh, main event. Just great, great main event world title match. What did you boys make of it? Yeah, absolutely. It was good. Um, again, I, I wasn't that shocked by the the um, the result. No, um, I I didn't think Eddie would be, especially with Cesaro, uh, Cesaro <laughs> with um, Castagnoli in the. Uh, I want to say the. Brooklyn Combat Club, no Blackpool <laughs> Combat Blackpool, Club. Yeah, 
particularly with him being in that and them turning heel and that now being the big faction, like I don't think he's going to go and lose to Eddie Kingston, even though no. it is in the Ring of Honor universe, not the AEW universe. Um, and Eddie Kingston's not. Look, he's not world championship material, quite frankly. Oh, listen to this guy. Look at listen, to, listen to the authority over here. He doesn't try yeah. hard. It's a good little C-plus player, but he's not a not world well, Not even a B, material. wow. No, no, he's good, but I, I thought it was a very good match, and I, I enjoyed it, and I, I like Eddie Kingston. I, I think I think Kingston will, will win a world title sooner or later. <laughs> I, think we're I don't know. It. I remember when no. they announced that match, I was like, oh, that's a fun match to do. Uh, but it, it, like I remember the day of the show, like a few hours before the show, people were like, "Oh, Eddie's going to win the big one." I was like, "What? This does not feel like the time, Eddie, for, for Eddie to win the big one." Um, no, but I, I think he, him being the perennial guy who never wins the big one, I think he's he's it, it's inevitably going to happen at some stage. He'll get his his uh, Sami Zayn moment. He'll get his roses. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, but to me, I've got to give. If you're going to do it, if you're going to have him actually finally win, it should probably should be like the AEW belt. I would think wow. more than. Yeah. No, I, I, I said. I think I did actually say that at one point that he should have the Mick Foley kind of, you know, win. Right. And then probably drop it pretty soon, but have it for like a month or so. But now I'm not so sure. I feel like it's his 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 value has sort of deteriorated over these last year or so since like the Punk feud. In that whole era. Yeah, when he was with the House of Black and Ortiz and all that nonsense. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe they just need to cycle him back in in, in, in kind of a big way. Because he's heel or babyface, he's, he he's always good. gets good reactions. He's money. He's great on the mic. And yeah, I would love uh, an old New York show. And he, he wins the big one. The big one now obviously can be the Ring of Honor world title as opposed to the AW one. So I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the and show was... and then and then Eddie Kingston did a very funny promo to <laughs> yeah yeah it's great like I I <laughs> like if you ever go to AEW live you'll probably see one of these in person where he just gets to ramble on and on for whatever reason they were like no get the fuck out of the ring and he was like shit fuck motherfucker <laughs> oh Eddie they God said they they played him off like he was doing a speech at the Oscars as well. Oh, it was great! It was very funny. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was Ring of Honor. Uh, it was great. I, well, I, well worth the money. Well worth the cash. And uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll check out. I'll probably check out TV this week and see if it grabs me. Um, so yeah, uh, before we get, I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, we could probably just jump to WrestleMania. I, I don't have too much to say about the indie stuff I watched. I thought Abushi versus Speedball from from Bloodsport was great. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was good. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go great. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't go say I wouldn't say go out of your way to see it. I I, I, I thought it was very good, but I wouldn't. It was it was your yearly match where two guys who just get the blood sports style, you know, really, really mm. do a fun job, and then a lot of the other stuff of blood sport is just, you know, the thing with blood sport. I thought blood sport was across the board, uh, like uh, like a good seven out of ten show, right? Um. But it's weird, yeah. There, there's, there's some guys that I don't know. Maybe it, it seems like a style that is so easy to do and so natural to do. But a lot of it, to me, and I'm going to sound very pretentious here, but a lot of it just seemed like guys doing bad MMA, where they just stand there with their leg out, and then the other guy would grab the leg that was out, and I'd be thinking, "Well, oh, these aren't skilled fighters." These no, are, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Sloppy idiots. Um, ironically. 
the one match that I thought felt the most like that was the match that everyone didn't like, which was the Harry Smith JR Kratos match. That was the one to me that felt the most like a real fight. It was maybe not the most exciting from a pro wrestling point of view, but at least it felt like they were doing a worked MMA match. And then the main event, obviously, I thought was very good. Um, so yeah, and, and, and I like the uh, I like the Marina Shafir match. I thought it was great. That was kind of similar to the Shibata match in that. Yeah, she kind of ate like Killer it. Kelly alive, really. Yeah, um, yeah like it's funny. Marina Shafir is really funny because, like, it's like, uh, like I think she does have something, but like every kind of big TV AEW opportunity she's gotten has been a massive whiff. Yeah, I don't know why why she works in this context and not in the AW context. It's very odd. I I think I I just think it's well. I, I think this style she felt very legitimate, which obviously is the kind of almost like a, a redundant statement because she is a legitimate fighter. Um, and I, I like Killer Kelly a lot, but she like not just in the story of the match performance wise, she like demolished her. You know what I mean? She she yeah. you could you you can tell who the who the actual UFC fighter was in this match. Uh, yeah. But I guess it's just like it's. Shows like this, and and I, I, I've you know I've been to a lot of the ambition shows in Germany, which are this exact exact same idea, just like shoot fighting stuff. I I, I think it's just people like Shafir will flourish in that, but you just can't do it on a primetime US TV show. It's just too no no no. It it, it only works in in as a very very moderate cases. It's, Once it's, a year, it's like, niche within but, a niche. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. If they if 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 they were to do if they were to do a blood sport match on every GCW show, it would be the one everyone goes and gets a drink during it. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah, not yeah, yeah. Um, Not to mention they're all like four minutes long. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, they they did spend more time doing the fucking roll call at the start of the show for some reason. There, the the irony is that these matches would lend themselves well to like working the leg and that kind of stuff, but they they don't do it. It's always just they they kind of tap around. They they do some amateur wrestling, and one of them catches the other one in a submission. Yeah, or that's or always the story. Throw or they knock kick. Him out. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. You know, it was. Uh. I mean, it was good. It was, it, it was, it was all right. Turn. Uh, one thing I will say is that uh, uh, I had, uh, you know, Fight is a nice, reliable service, and uh, GCW, for all their production woes, I you know, their streams didn't go down in any of the instances I was watching over the weekend. That's good. But um, some things never change. Uh, it really felt like the good old days of WrestleMania weekend uh, because they had, uh, you know, some, some decent-looking cards on paper, but then when you tuned in to watch them, uh, the crowd sounded like they were in a different... Uh, stratosphere than the actual building because every time there was a pop it was like in the distance ah and then uh peaking the the audio track was the common comedy is not like this oh my god i'm like can you turn that fader the other way please can we get the crowd up here and the, and the commentator is way down here um it's just one thing that like i think indie wrestling will just never get right uh, yeah. Actually, no, um, I shouldn't say that. American indie wrestling. I, I, a lot of the European places, to be fair, before that scene exploded, um, uh, you'd watch a VOD of like a progress show or whatever, and they they would have, have it actually mixed correctly. The audio, because it was the same for For the Culture. I, should, I don't have much to say about For the Culture. It was all right. It was it was, it was not super noteworthy. Um, but exact same, because again, that's also a GCW. So again, it was kind of like good building full of people who seemed like they were reacting to the show, but you could barely hear them. And the commentators were screaming and shouting and peaking the audio and muffled and drowning everything out. It was just, you know. The ring announcer kept cutting in and out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's 
that's just WrestleMania weekend for you. Do you know what I mean? You take the rough yeah. with the smooth, I suppose. Um, yeah, no other, no other tidbits to talk about from the from the Indies before we jump onto the the main event. That was it for me. All right, I haven't seen all of WrestleMania. I'll chime in. Uh, I'm the only one <laughs> uh, where necessary. So why don't why don't you take us through? I mean, I, so I mean, the gist I got because it was it was I was still awake when when this match was happening. I was kind of reading people's reactions to it. The gist I got was that the Cena match was like nothing. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, let me start off by saying I've seen I've seen the gamut of opinions on on WrestleMania from maybe the best night of WrestleMania ever to you know stuff like that about the Cena one. <clears throat> I actually think that I fall quite on the low end of it. I thought there was some good stuff on there. A lot of the stuff I didn't I couldn't get into. I didn't really enjoy. Um. You're you're dead on on the on the Cena match. My God, what a what a nothing match they had. Um, so sh- I I didn't watch any of the pre-show. Come on now, I've learned my lesson from no from previous no, no. Shows. they're all they're all horrible. So what do you think, Rosenberg? About um, will the Street Profits win the WrestleMania <laughs> Showcase match? <laughs> okay, I don't have time for that. But um, show opened with America the Beautiful as it does. Kevin Hart was on the little cold open they do. And then we open with Austin Theory, John Cena. And first of all, before we get to the quality of the match, John Cena's hair. Yeah. The poor, he's like fire talk at this stage. Um, Either he needs to get some of the Matt Cardona hairspray to cover that <laughs> up, or, you know, let it go. I, I, see, the thing is, I don't think he has the shape or the head to to shave it i don't think he has that. It, not, it's it, you know. it's like it's like sean michaels towards the end where it's it's hanging on by a thread like i mean uh, far be it for the three of us to fucking pick apart but it's like i saw i saw i i saw his entrance and it was kind of like it was lovely with the with the make oh, which was kids. great he got the yeah. make a wish kids out there which was great although getting the make a wish kids out there for the and then having him lose was odd anyway um but like seen as like so he has the bald spot, but also he has like the bad dye job, and he he's t- pale. He th- that was the other thing. like like uh, we see some horrible tan jobs in wrestling. So I guess I'd rather be- him be pale than come out looking like God bless him, Adam Cole on Dynamite um, with the hands that just look like a different person. Um, <laughs> the varnish hands, yeah. But um, but yeah, he was like pale, and like he still. Like he looks like John Cena, but he doesn't. He look like John Cena got replaced by an actor. Uh, 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 He's like we had the new Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, um, it's just it's just weird. And it, and again, again, I did not see the match, but it kind of seems like he just showed up and did the basics and went home. To be honest, well, he's. Yeah, so he he wasn't all tanned up. Theory was tanned to the gills. Of course, well, of course, he would be. Um, yeah. Big, big, huge ball spot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he yeah, he's lost. He's still jacked, but he's like noticeably smaller. Yeah, than he has been for the better part of twenty years. He's been around. Um, and yeah, he just he came in. Do you know what this this felt the most like? It wasn't obviously as extreme, but it was like that Cena Undertaker match where you're like, oh yeah, what was the point of even doing all that? Cena came in. He did his little his little bits and bobs. It was like a house show match. He came in. I don't even remember if he did the old. The old uh, duck, the, duck the punch, hit the ropes, shoulder block, shoulder block, you know, mm. gimmick he does. I don't even remember if he did that. It was, it was, it was, 
it was the most two and a quarter star match maybe of all time. And uh, yeah, it was a shame because the the amount of time they spent bigging him up as you know big big match John and yeah. and the the best of all time. And then he comes in and has this. I would speculate very safe match. Yes, so yeah. that he doesn't incur an injury that would impact on his new career. That's what it felt like to me. Theory got the win after uh, Cena. Cena got the visual win via STF after the ref got bumped. Uh, turned around into a low blow and 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 got f- hit with with Theory's dreadful finish. Yeah, um, for the win. And yeah, it was it was incredibly forgettable. And uh, there's not much more to say about it, to be honest. Um, we had. Uh, the WrestleMania Fatal Four Way Tag Showcase match, okay, which in you know Madden, uh, Maddenly, is that a word? Um, I was maddened. Maybe shake those sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> Featured Otis, but not the maximum male models for some reason. Um, Street Profits, Strowman and Ricochet, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders had had you know. Granted that they were given a, a completely pointless match, they could have very much had. I don't know if you guys remember WrestleMania 20, where they had two fatal four way matches oh, for yeah, the Raw yeah. and SmackDown tag team titles, and they were both John Cena Austin theories. Yeah. Here they 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 took it like Batista Undertaker from WrestleMania 23, where they're like, right, we're gonna we're gonna make the most of our our opportunity and go out there and steal the show. Uh, it was an absolute it was an absolute banger. Um, including Chad Gable hitting a Chaos Theory uh, suplex on Braun Strowman. Of all that people, was crazy. Which was crazy. Um, Ricochet doing... Try, obviously, he, he, he'd watch Vikingo uh, come in there from the night before. He was doing mad flips to the outside. Um, Street Profits are, are obviously the best. Um, now, I will say one thing that I noticed is... And, and, and generally throughout the night, I noticed this, is obviously since... Uh, WWE stopped using CFO for their music. Yeah. Everyone now comes out to the same theme song, which yeah. is weird. Terrible, terrible music. It, current. It, it, it's inevitably wrestlers catchphrase. <laughs> and that's it, right? And then you have, you know, you have these three teams come out and then you have uh, Street Profits theme song, which as you might recall is a, is an absolute banger from, from that era. They get a bigger pop than the rest of the teams combined. What's that about? It's almost like presentation is important, and and you know, good identifiable theme songs help with with that presentation. Anyway, Street Profits got the win, and they were over like Rover, and uh, the match itself was very very fun. Here's one now that people were were all hyped about, which I kind of. <laughs> Wasn't so much Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Yeah, so, I've, I've I've heard fairly mixed things about mm. this, and I'm curious to know what because the funny thing is, uh, like, so uh, in the um, who it was Daniel Cormier doing the interviews? Actually, I'm trying to remember what mm. the outlet was. ESPN, I believe it was. Rollins had a, su- a fairly surprising um, comment uh, about how he 
felt a little um, um, jilted by Cody coming in and getting um, you know getting what he's getting, and, and that they nearly mm. came to blows at one stage. Now, first of all, there's always the chance that they could be setting up. I mean, they have been feuding for a year at this stage, so that's always possible. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, why would you say this now? Like, because you've got like a high profile match with a celebrity who's a big star and i was like i don't understand why he's grumpy about it but from like i saw the the ksi spot and stuff like that and then i was like you know what his gripes actually kind of make sense because this is kind of a comedy match and he he correctly thinks of himself as a top star and i can kind of i can kind of see why he was a little bit jilted about the whole thing to be honest yeah, I mean, at the same time, this is the match which is going to probably have the highest visibility of any over Well, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, now, one thing I like about WrestleMania generally, but especially about this, is that, you know, wrestlers' entrances and their entrance attire and gear has almost become like the Met Gala, where... You don't just have your, your ring gear. You come out in your, your maddest outfit possible. Um, Rollins came out in pink tights with chaps over them. We had the Jeff Jarrett little pink strappy top on. Yes. Big old bubbly red coat with a big train on the back. Like, this is exactly what I want WrestleMania entrances to look like. Completely mm. over the top, completely wacky fashion. Um, And it was great. The match itself, Logan Paul came down on the zip line at... um. About the speed that the Undertaker used to walk down the ramp, <laughs> which was which was very uh, weird. Uh, but the match itself was like, yeah, Logan Paul can kind of do the spots, but the match itself felt disjointed, um, like they were unsure at certain points. And and yeah, I don't know. I I, I expected much more given what we've seen from Logan Paul in the last while, and how you would assume that the quality of Seth Rollins matches would lead you to believe that he would be able to carry Logan Paul through another great match. But yeah. I don't know. There was something about it that just didn't kind of click for me. Now I will say Logan Paul did come out with a mascot of a big prime hydration bottle. Yes. And so immediately with wrestling brain, you think, okay, that's going to be somebody. Is it going to be Jake Paul? Is it going to be, a, uh, is it going to debut uh, Switchblade as a big bottle? <laughs> Switchblade would be, is such a funny person for that role. <laughs> but what it was, as you say, KSI, uh, they do the spot where they put Rollins on the, on the uh, announce table and KSI is doing the selfie video. And as Logan goes to the top, Seth slides off, pulls KSI onto the table, and he, he accidentally gives him the old frog splash to the table. Mm. I laughed for about ten minutes. <laughs> I thought it was it, it, it's you know the perfect perfect uh, slapstick comedy in the sense of KSI and Logan being the heels, kind of double team Rollins. So they're, they they've Rollins knocked down. They're they're hooking it up. He's got the camera out, and and oh my god, he he splashes his own mate through the table. Oh, I was I was I was howling. Really, really enjoyed that element of the match. As I say, the match itself was was kind of was kind of disjointed and and long. Sixteen minutes. It was one of the longer matches on the show. Yeah, I wasn't super into it. Uh, speaking of Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, and Lita defeated Damage Control. Do Damage Control ever win? Is my question because I've never heard of them winning. I don't know. Um, 
also the but, worst name I've ever heard in my fucking it's, life. Yeah, it's a terrible I'm name. Control. Yeah, it's it's yeah. control or delete. That would be better. <laughs> Alt F four. Yep, it's a good one. If we ever gonna do computer jokes, um, delete a Windows system folder. <laughs> <laughs> system 64 what was it um god love them lita and trish stratus more so lita they they, they look fantastic mm-hmm. for for you know they, they're like trish has retired like nearly what 20 years ago they look yeah. great lita is is not as lithe as she once was <laughs> no putting no. it putting it very bluntly um the match itself was was okay again it was fine. Yeah. And they did they did the bits. Lita did Lita did the uh the moonsault and tore her top off like it was WrestleMania seventeen. Um albeit not she didn't just have the brow on this time like she did back then. Um you know the match they did they did they did the hits, you know. Becky Lynch got the win in the end and it was fine. I don't know. I felt like if if there was like a title on the line or something here, maybe it would have felt like a bigger deal. But the fact that it was just a throwaway six man, six woman, there wasn't much to report. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, like such a nothing match where the faces were just going to win. I feel like I wouldn't, wouldn't you have done the title win at WrestleMania? Like Lita and, and Becky? Yeah, some, and... something like that. Um, I mean, I, I appreciate that the, the, the women, the legends are getting a, a fair run out and a fair shake at WrestleMania because obviously historically it's been over-reliant on 50-year-old Goldbergs of the world getting yeah. wheeled out, so I appreciate that they're really paying tribute to the, the 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 women who laid down the foundations of what they have now. But the match itself wasn't anything to ring home about. I, I think because also, as mentioned, it was it felt kind of unimportant. If there was a title on the line, there was a chase, or if it was, I don't know, something more than what it was, maybe that would have added to the. Yeah, the match the match that was okay, but it didn't feel like there was anything at stake that I really wanted to get into it. Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. Very good. Very good. Ray, very, Ray's very entrance good. was incredible. Ray's entrance. So first of all, oh we, we skipped also at the beginning. Miz was the host of the show. Oh. Uh, absolutely dreadful. I mean, um, this is why this is why I've only watched the top three matches because I I just I just wanted people said the show was good so I was like I'm gonna watch the top matches and I was like I'm not and I'm watching with liberal fast forward I'm not watching the 700 ads I'm not watching the 10 million video packages the 50 Miz segments I was like not a fucking hope am I watching well the w- one thing they didn't have this year is you know the backstage where it's like damn damn and brother love comes out and I love you they didn't do any of that. Hi, it's me, Santino. I'm back. I I, <laughs> I, I book a Damati Skirl on my show. Damn. <laughs> Miz was terrible. Snoop Dogg was with him the whole night as well. Snoop Dogg, who was the godfather of WrestleMania, apparently. Right. Uh, that's, a, that's a new title since he signed again after his AEW appearance. <laughs> I need a title if I'm going to resign. I, you yeah. have to call me the godfather of WrestleMania. I want to be the godfather of WrestleMania and have a big gold belt. Which he also had, was carrying around the whole night. Do you ever see that, that that clip of him on a podcast being asked about um, <laughs> by AW? No, 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 no. Yeah, oh. yeah. He's like he, he was on Cornette's podcast. No, um, <laughs> when, when he, he was asked about like, um, okay, let's say hypothetically, like we're not best friends, and you're you're going to do it because we're homies. How much to get you on a song? 
And he goes, he said, he said, uh, uh, 250,000. And the guy goes, 250,000, really? He goes, yeah. And he goes, another 250 to do the video. Um, and he says, that'll get, and then he goes, that'll get you an hour, so get to recording. <laughs> it's just like, how much must they pay him for WrestleMania? Uh, admittedly, he wasn't doing a song, but like, you know, that man, know. there's a man who knows his worth. But anyway, getting around to what we're getting around to here. Rey Mysterio's entrance. Yeah. So we get, I want to say it was nothing but a G thing. It was California Love. Was it California Love originally? I okay, well, California Love. So. Maybe I'm mixing up my, my songs. Anyway. No, um, you're sorry. You are it's a Snoop Dogg right. song. Nothing yeah. but a G thing. You are absolutely nothing right. Nothing but a G thing. Don't be fucking questioning me. On my <laughs> lap, California played, I think, during Bloodsport, someone came out to California. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and Snoop Dogg and Ray Mysterio are in a little lowrider, which then, you know, transitions into Eddie Guerrero's classic theme song. They come out in the lowrider. It's very emotional, paying tribute to the great Eddie Guerrero, which, you know, Ray Mysterio did during his Hall of Fame speech the night before as well, obviously. And then they go to the, you know, Booyaka Booyaka. And I think he went under the stage and did the old pop up. Uh, they didn't show that, though, unfortunately. We missed that, whether that happened. Oh, yeah. Because he he was down by the side, and suddenly he was up on top of this enormous stage. So I assume they did the old the old classic Mysterio entrance. Um, I, I couldn't quite get what his costume was meant to be this year. It looked like Turbo Man to me, but I'm sure it wasn't meant to be that. <laughs> It would on this podcast look like ter- Turbo Man to us. Um, <laughs> I didn't get any... I guess it could have been The Flash, although he's done The Flash. Done, no, no, he's done Flash accurately before. This was this was something else. I, I Yeah, I was looking at it, and as we all do, I was looking at it thinking, what fucking reference is this? I think it might have just been I'm Rey Mysterio, man. I, I'm, I'm a Hall of Famer now. I'm my old maybe, cultural maybe. reference. Um yeah, and actually, you know what? It must have been that, because if he was anything else, you know they would have screamed it on commentary that he yeah, was yeah, yeah. the Nobby or whatever the fuck. Which he's also done before. He's also done, yeah. Um, Dominic, I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't need a toy. I've got a real Rey Mysterio at home. <laughs> um, Dominic came out in a police escort, which I thought was very funny, with Dan Barry as one of the yeah, officers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very, very good. And the match itself was 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 great. Um, obviously, the father son element of it on on a real meta level was was really nice. But they they had a, they had a very very good match. They had the the rest of the family ringside, so they you know he threw a drink in his sister's face and stuff like that. <laughs> real real easy, yeah. real easy heel stuff. And uh, and I was surprised that they they had Ray beat him, but. That, that again, another yeah. surprise result. I feel I, like I feel like they kind of had to again. It's still be to me, so it's always, it's always fair to assume they're going to just fucking put the heel over. But I feel like they kind of had to because it's gone on for so long. Like they've really dragged this thing out. But I mean, the uh, point of it is to get Dominic over, though. So well, here's so here's the other thing on on the subject of I I thought Dominic was very fun in this match, but also they did all the dramatic the melodramatic hits he did. He did the water in the sister's face. He did the slapped by his mat ray took him to the woolshed with the belt you know but even though i did i really enjoyed dom i'm not trying to take anything from his performance on this match i i, I didn't come out of this match thinking oh every criticism he's ever gotten was wrong this no no this no kid actually that. is the future i i mean i i i think i think it was i just don't rate dominic as a prospect so my my if 
I was booking this, my priority would also be let's just wrap up the story with the happy ending that Ray wins on his Hall of Fame weekend. Um, and Dom can Dom still has a, a long way to go before he'd be getting a big rub off a legend from from my from my money, you know. Yeah, I think the biggest the issue with him is that his character is so intrinsically linked to Rey Mysterio that yes. we haven't seen him stand out on his own yet for a very very long time. Like, didn't he turn? He could turn the Clash of the Champions or Clash of the Castle yeah. last year in like what September, early September last year was it? So we're or late yeah. August. So we're talking about nearly six seven months since he's turned. He's only feuded to Rey Mysterio at that time. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what you otherwise what you kind of do with him after after the Rey Mysterio feud. They have to kind of try and figure something out there. So I don't know. Anyway, match match was very entertaining. Um, and speaking of, we then had Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, uh, who had a very very good match, much better than I was actually expecting. Yes, given their 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 previous at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I mean Ripley's really come on leaps and bounds. Uh, Flair, to give her credit, was was there the whole way. I was I, I loved again Charlotte Flair doing the old Triple H two thousand nine Jeff Hardy brother. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. Even though you like being clean, clean as clean as can be, it wasn't like it was a roll up or something. But it's funny because it's just like I was like I was like, there's a chance she can win. It would be such the wrong move, but you can never underestimate, especially since she's beaten Rhea like a drum, like constantly. Like you know, uh, uh, had to lose the NXT title back to her in a three way and. Eliminated yeah. her from the Rumble last year. I'm surprised like, he didn't do the Hogan Warrior, like, kick out on 3.01 and then I mean, hand her the belt and just take all the focus for herself. She, but she might as well, as well cause, so not only did she do the old the old laugh, but it was like Rhea gave her her finisher off the top rope, right? <laughs> A big, <laughs> massive move. And it, it'd be one thing to do the old wake up and smile when Rhea's at the top of the ramp. Rhea had barely been handed the belt and Charlotte's already on the floor going, oh, she got me, boys. She fucking got me. Woo-hoo. What a day at the office for me, huh? A big yeah. old L for Charlotte. I can't bloody believe this. The Underminer. That could be her gimmick. Yeah. But they had a great match. The match yeah. itself was fantastic. Um, Charlotte, though, took a, a, a German suplex right on the face. Yeah. It was great. Oh. It was great. Those, all those Germans are terrifying, but in a great way. Um, they had a great they had a great match at like a random B show. It was like a Money in the Bank or something two years ago. Right. They? Uh, I, think, I think they're very good opponents. Um, it was great. It was very, very good. Oh, I just wonder how quickly is Charlotte getting that belt back? Is my <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Well, she's she's on fourteen world titles and counting. So, yeah, I mean, it has she, to be coming soon. I'd say she's gonna be she's gonna be the most of all time in in WWE terms. Anyway, oh, she already is, isn't she? She's um, nobody else is fourteen. Yeah, and and by this stage, I'm I'm getting very sleepy, and I'm like, right, but let, come on, we wrap this up. I've been I was up for watching Ring of Honor live. I was watching bloody wrestling. WrestleMania live. Let's let's you know. Oh, the fucking Miz coming back out again for some reason. Oh no! Yeah, they had to squeeze in a little Miz Pat McAfee segment. Now I understand in the US the Pat Ma- Pat McAfee is is becoming quite a quite a success story for himself as a kind of not quite a Joe Rogan esque figure, but like a big name in interviewing and podcasts and all of that. But you know, I only as someone who only watches the big shows. 
it seems like every show I watch has a big Pat McAfee return on it. And so it doesn't seem special or fun to me when the surprise answering the Mrs. Open Challenge is Pat McAfee again. <laughs> and then they had a match. I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in it, apart from some guy I don't know, some football player ran in and hit a clothesline in, in clear view of the referee, which did not result in a disqualification. They did, th- they did that in this match after just doing it with Bad Bunny as well? Oh, we didn't mention, but Bad Bunny didn't didn't like clothesline Dominic Mysterio. Oh, he, he didn't, but he he he, he grabbed the chain off him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, this lad climbed over the barricade, hit the Miz with a clothesline <laughs> right in front of the referee. And the ref's just like, oh well, Miz is a prick anyway. I will allow it. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what the finish was. McAfee beat him. Um, couldn't tell you how. Uh, and then the main event was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos. And it was every bit as good as you would expect it to be. Uh, Zayn and Owens had PWG emblems on their mm. gear. Super Dragon mask as well, which is a, a nice touch. And they had, yeah, they had a really good match. Um, I would say it only felt, if it felt hurt at all, was only by the feeling of inevitability of the result. Right. But but they, they, they had a hell, a hell of a little match. Very, very well done. I, I dare say it'll probably get five in the old observer. I would think so. Yeah, it's funny because even with the inevitability, like in the in the closing five minutes, I mean the crowd was like on their feet. Yeah, the like, crowd were totally, into, totally into it. Yeah, I mean that that is the success of this story. Is you can't deny that the the WWE audience is seven hundred percent bought in on all of this stuff. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so yeah. They, the, the, there's no taking that away from them. No. Um, and the only thing that I was itching for was now that we're in the new era. Let's let's have a little package pile driver at some point, brothers. I was thinking Allow that it. before before they did the thing where the Usos put Owens through the table. I was like, he's gonna package pile drive him through that table. But uh, I mean, we're, we're, why not? Like, fuck it. Or, or, this, or this is what we've said. Like, Triple H hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything cool or interesting. <laughs> it's the same fucking show. It's like it's like the the bell to bell was slightly better, and on this show, it was certainly good. Better than a lot of WrestleManias. But I mean, maybe, maybe, Triple H, maybe Triple H wanted to do it, and he had to go ask Papa Vince first. Vince stroking his moustache there, which oh, which okay. I love. Let me just say, Joe, you're 100% on the money with with the tweet on the, on the CSP account the other day about about how this this Vince McMahon having a moustache propaganda has been wheeled out to, to sweep under the rug the allegations. Everyone's going, oh, my God, he's got a moustache. That's the conversation now. Look how wacky old Vince and his funny moustache. He just needs a, like a red hat as well, and then they'll forget everything. But like, but like to, to the point that I, I'm actually full conspiracy theorist in on this now, thinking that the moustache is actually oh, intended 100%. to draw that attention. Yeah. I don't doubt that at all. Like, 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 it's like WWE's legal and PR teams going, well, sir, what if you grew a mustache? Well, I mean, we- those, those teams are working overtime because, yeah. because the, the story is coming out. Uh, folks, a little interesting note here that just came across my desk. I just confirmed. So Vince McMahon is not back, but uh, he was at WrestleMania and he has a new contract. And also, uh, he was on a headset at WrestleMania, but I, I think he was just watching the show and talking to people through it. Um, and, he wasn't and, in and, Gorilla. And, he was no, in a room he was next like, to it. Yeah, he was in next to it. And, With like, a glass window. When, when, when he was, uh, and then when he said, just before the main event, he, when he said, uh, one's insane over in about 20 minutes, uh, that was, um, he's just, he's a bit of a character like that. Do you know what I mean? He was just being yeah. cute. Um, 
Like it's so transparent. Like like every time there's any kind of um, bubbling up story that he's back or or that he's doing coups to get people he wants on the board, there's always a softened version that gets sent out to a number of press people. That it's, mm. there's always a, a, a smoke screen, never never more than a day behind. It's crazy, um, and people are buying it hook, line, and sinker. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But anyway. Um, that was uh, that was Mania Night One. One thing I will say as well about the main event, and I think I enjoyed this more than the Reigns Sammy singles match. And the big key to that was that this didn't have any of the stop dead in the middle of the action and say, "You are my brother. You're making me do this. I don't want to hit you, but I will." Like I'm, I'm over that. I'm so over that. And my hope is that because. Cody and Roman just have their own story. It's just Cody just wants the title. So I'm hoping there's not going to no. be any of that in the Roman. C- Cody is going to be crying. During oh, oh, he absolutely is. I just knocked yeah. something there. I don't even know what it was. Uh, um, no, you're right. I mean, the, the, as much as I loved, even the Royal Rumble uh, post-match, which I adored. I know you guys weren't, weren't super proud of it, but one thing I noticed is that what WWE likes to do is not only do that melodrama, but they like really do it very slowly as mm. well. So like, let's say Jey Uso will be looking at Sami Zayn. He's not doing the, why do you make me hurt you? He'll like look at him for 30 seconds and nothing yeah. will happen. And then he'll turn his head and then he'll be thinking. And then he'll, you know, and it just takes forever to get to the point. Um, so yeah, there was there wasn't much of that in this. Um, they got the win anyway, and I will say the you know from a WrestleMania point of view, stage was stage was top notch. Production was 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 out of this world. Very little in terms of horrendous uh, AR uh, graphics on the screen. They just let the the visuals speak for themselves. Very 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 good from that um, in that respect. And also no Kevin Patrick on commentary. Thank the Jesus. He got fired, didn't he? Did he get fired? I didn't hear that, did he? I'm, is he, I'm, is he not I'm still I'm the raw wrong. I, I, I thought I thought he was gone. I haven't heard him talked about it in a while. Uh, no, I believe he's still there. Okay, yeah. never mind. Then. He does the raw commentary, and he's absolutely dreadful. As 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 much as I would normally like to support him being an Irishman, he's he's absolutely abysmal. Uh, so we didn't hear his voice. Um, and as far as WrestleMania tonight, we have six announced matches. Uh. Which look look pretty decent. You got Gunter, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that's good. That's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Um, Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match, and the Hell in a Cell is not red anymore. Thank God. I still have no idea. Along with ladder matches, zero interest in a Hell in a Cell anymore. Less yeah, than well, a ladder match, to be honest. Well, maybe maybe they'll slip in the old blade. Well, that's it. Edge, Edge. Honestly, <laughs> you've you've been exposed as a fraud for most of this comeback. To be quite honest, Christian better every single day of the week, brother. If you want to, if you want to redeem yourself, you run that bloody razor coast to coast within thirty seconds of that match starting, and we'll we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brock Lesnar Amos that match over under on that match going a minute <laughs> minute and a half yeah I really I don't know what to expect that to be honest uh, if the women's Wrestlemania showcase fail for a match that match <laughs> oh, sorry, looks great 
I'm wondering, as far as the men's one went, who of these women are going to be the one to to pick it up and do the Chad Gable, you know, um, Montez Ford kind of, you know, carry it on their back and make it into something. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi versus Ronda and Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Ooh. That like, looks like a stinker. I mean, th- like, there's probably a book to be written about Ronda's fall from grace, isn't there? I mean, this is seriously what she's mm, doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Bianca uh, and Oscar. It'd be great. I mean, it'll surely be great. And Ro- Roman against Cody Rhodes in the main yeah. event. I mean, I. Based on night one, you kind of get the. Like, they made, like, every right call imaginable. I mean, I yeah. cannot fathom Cody losing. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, but part of me, you can just never shake that feeling. It's WWE, so you just can't. There's that. Mm, feel, it could happen. It could happen, though. It could happen. Listen, Dwayne, we'll get Dwayne next year. We'll remind him when WrestleMania is so he frees up his schedule. <laughs> no, no, no. Cody, Cody's winning, and he's going to look up in the sky, and he'll be crying. The lip will be, the lip will be trembling, and he'll have, he'll have done it. And he'll he'll... He'll come out. His entrance will be there'll be uh not an eight not a not a throne like he had in in AW. It'll be uh it'll be a, a chair with EVP written on it, and he'll hit it with the sledgehammer. Um, and then he'll win the big one. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to that one now tonight. I will say as well. Um, oh, what was my point? Now I forgot what I was going to say. You're just running down the card. I know, but then I had a point, and I forget oh. what it was. <laughs> oh, we're going to do an, an impromptu uh, debate, Kali. I won't subject it to the other um, segment name. We love Kevin Owens. We love Sami Zayn. Mm. Them winning the titles was a big moment. But I put to you that the main event of WrestleMania Saturday is not a real WrestleMania main event. Fact. That is a fact. No, I disagree. It's a fact. I disagree. To, the yeah, main event me, is the, the match that goes on last. To yeah, me, the eight, main event of WrestleMania, yeah, I, I think it's the real main event. Of WrestleMania. Yeah. Of WrestleMania, exactly. <sighs> I, know, I know it's a moot point and it doesn't really matter, but and not to take away from Owens and Zayn and, and the Usos and having their match, but when they're talking about like the first ever WrestleMania main event tag team title match, I was like, ah, yeah, because it's two nights, it wouldn't happen otherwise, would come it? Lads, not, well, no, that's, that's fair. Right. That's very fair. I can absolutely say that. Well, yeah, what, there's, so, there's stuff main eventing that wouldn't main event if it was one night. I, yeah, I'd agree with that. The main event is the match that goes on last. It's WrestleMania. Yeah, precisely. It's only the fact that it's two nights now. Yeah. Like, like, I guess the point is that the main event of WrestleMania night one and the main event of WrestleMania night two are not necessarily equal. I I mean, what would be interesting to me is, like, I I think that's... uh, I think there's something to that when the company is so obviously built around one act, which is Roman. I think, but I think this time next year, which one is the real main event will will be extremely muddy because presumably if Roman fades away and he is not in the mix next year, then you have like two title matches. Then if you have two night. title matches on each night and there's no obvious one over the other, I mean, yeah. you know that 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 muddies the water. I, I, I mean, I, I, the, it, the bold thing they could do is in such a situation is have the men's a men's title match on night one and a women's on night two. 
I mean, I, I don't, I, I, because it's funny because there was talk that Rhea and Charlotte were going to main event night one, and then they changed their minds, which I think was the correct decision to make. Because even though that match was good, I mean, the build was. It's the other thing I, I didn't want to. The match was great, so I didn't want to harp on it. But I was watching that video package, and I was like, Ripley was. Oh, I'm, I, I need to be a star. I'm like, I'm sick of everyone saying they need to be a star. Can you just, can you just want to fight her because you want to beat her up? Is that, is yeah, that can, is, can you want to beat her ass? Can you, can you want the championship because it's a championship? Can you want it for that reason? I'm just not fucking X Factor. You know, yeah, that's it. Star. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like one of their favorite things to have a feud about in WWE is I, I need to be a star. Anyway, that we're getting off the track here. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do think of it as a main, to, to me, it would, it would, they would stop being WrestleMania main events if it was like Triple Mania, where they're doing like events in multiple cities, like weeks apart, and calling them Triple Mania. I mean, that would be ridiculous. To me, it's still, you know, big building, same crowds, sure. you know. And I would also say that the the quality of the of the main events of this two night era have been pretty good. I mean, you you got Sasha and Bianca in there. Um, you got the Boneyard match. The Boneyard match, of course. Uh, wait, did the, Bone- the Boneyard main event in night one? Night and one, and then night yeah, two and that's, Drew and Brock. Yeah. Well, that's way more memorable than Drew and Brock. I mean, poor Drew. I mean, g- um, given the circumstances, yeah. You know. Uh, but no, I'll, I'm, I'm going to give them their plot. It's 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 a main event. Um, mm. we can it's I, it's a time. main event. It is definitely a main event. Yeah, you know, it's a WrestleMania. It's not the WrestleMania event, though. though. But this is, but this is, <laughs> this is like, this is like, this is like something we would, we would, we would criticize WWE for doing, which is getting funny with the language. It is a WrestleMania main event because they main evented a show called WrestleMania. It's not the WrestleMania. It's, it's, it's a, a shame that well, um, CM Punk wasn't around in this era. He would have had a. Oh, a he would have made it six times by now. Yeah, he'd have made yeah. the first one and gone. This, this is not the main event. Yeah, you're, you're, you're on Saturday night. You're, you're you're closing Saturday night. That is the main. That event. is the main. That is that is actually so true, and that's a great point because everyone's wanted to rub it in that like Owens main evented and Miz main evented. And he didn't. Let me tell you something. If he was still in that company, if he was in Seth Rollins's role as the company boy for the last ten years, which is ridiculous to even think about. Let me tell you, he would he would be walking out at the prospect of only getting the Saturday main event. So that's a point. <laughs> exactly. For fair for it, you yeah. two would be right in that is because he would not consider Saturday. Saturday a main event but anyway we uh, uh we, we, we email in cheshirepodcast.com if you if you have a stance on yeah. um uh, on that so speaking of cm punk what a segue yeah so cm punk was apparently stood in gorilla ready to return on <laughs> at aw he, he one foot out the curtain he's like here we go but bloody dave Meltzer had to do a post on his forum oh wait a minute let me run back and grab my phone quickly do uh, an old TLDR on Instagram. Um, and now it's all up in the air again. I mean, it seems like, I, I, I don't know, to me, it seems like we're closer to him actually returning, even despite all of this. It, I mean, I think Jericho was interviewed in the week and he was even, you know, in, in his words, seemed cooler than he had been in the past. You know, in terms of if he comes or if he doesn't, you know, we can coexist and it'll be fine. Um, bloody Dave Meltzer. That's the thing to take away from all of this. That fucking meddler. <laughs> it, is, it is funny that he reported that, like, he reported this, but didn't say, like, until I did this, which really <laughs> irritated him. Like, he's like, so the word he used was agreed in principle, it seemed like, for Punk to come back on certain terms. And then up until this week where his Instagram post, and I was like, whoa, whoa, scene missing dot JPEG happening there in the middle. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But uh, yeah, so who knows where we are now? Back to square one, I guess. I think he, he has to come back. It's it's ridiculous to have an asset like that on the sidelines when he could. It's a business. It is a business, and he is someone that will draw money and draw ratings and sell merchandise. And it's not yeah. like he committed. It's not like he murdered someone, you know. And it's like, well, do we bring him back? Or yeah, and in wrestling, even if you had, you know, exactly. It was just a fucking like little tiff backstage. Yeah. Like, get yeah, over exactly. it. It's money exactly. on the table. Exactly. I feel like uh, as well. It seems like everybody is kind of on the page of you know, let, let's be professional and, and kind of get over it and not hold grudges. And- <laughs> Except Chris Jericho, who's like, Dave! CM Punk's a... Fucking shit. Yeah, but like... It's your point about how much of a little tiff it was and, okay, people got bitten on the arm or whatever and the chair's thrown, but... Who hasn't been bitten on the fucking arm? Come on. I can't walk down the street without being bitten on the arm anymore. Um... I'm sure that they can just get him in a room and just be like, you know, bygones be bygones. Let's fucking be adults about this. And I'm sure CM Punk, were he to return, there would be kind of a zero tolerance on him throwing a fit <laughs> again, you know, mm. but seems like we're maybe, we're maybe closer to that than we have been before. So that's the wrestling news for the week that's the longest news segment we've ever done let me tell you quickly about my life all right go on uh barry i'm tagging in go on. to you to you as, as someone who has a gripe with the post office oh really go on i've why is it so hard n- you know impossible dare i say if you have a package in customs to get any information about it whatsoever yes yeah um yeah, I, I don't know. And it's funny, cause I got a text from them. I, I don't think I talked about this on the show, actually, because it was just a non-story. But now that we're talking about the post office, I got a text from Customs um, a couple of weeks ago saying, um, uh, oh, we have your, um, uh, I think I've worn it while streaming or doing this podcast, your um, T-shirt. And they gave me a, a, bar, a tracking number. And it was oh, my, like, yeah. my like St. Maud multicolored shirt that I've worn a couple mm-hmm. of times. And I got this a couple of weeks ago. And I replied to the a- email and I goes, um, I got that like a year ago in my old place that I lived. I don't know what, and I pay, I paid tax on it at the time. Mm. Uh, and they email back going, okay, here's your tax bill. And I just didn't reply back. I was like, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> You've emailed me out of the blue about this package. I already have and pay yeah. tax on. Um, they are, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So what, what, well, what has brought you to this question is my question. Let me say, I, I have two, two parts to what you said. I had one, uh, I want to say it was maybe two years ago. I got I got a, a not inexpensive package delivered, right? Opened it up, loving it. Duh, 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 duh. Next day I get, here's your custom charge for your package. If you don't pay it, we, we're going to ship your package back to its yes. um, center. I was like, sorry, boys, I have it already. Eat shit. <laughs> I just ne- never applied, <laughs> never paid it. And I just got free customs on it, basically. I uh, don't know if I should be saying that out loud. Second one, um, fuck them. They sh- they don't don't deliver to me if you if I need to pay for it. Second one, this is the current situation. Um, ordered the package from the US. Accidentally, it got sent to Poland. How the fuck that happened? I don't know. Was in Poland for two weeks. They sent it then over to Ireland, and it's I have the tracking number for it. It's it's been in 
customs since the 20th of March, which seems like a very long time, without me getting any text, email, letter, notification to pay customs. But this brings me to my point, right? The tracking I have is with um, USPS, right? You cannot contact them about it or ask them any questions about it, basically. They have a contact us thing, right? If you put the tracking number, they're just like, eh, we don't support uh, asking questions about this kind of shipment. They're just like, well, too bad. Um, try on post. They don't know anything about it. And it's like, well, we, we fucking have it. I know you have it. <laughs> so go find it. Tell me what I need to do to get this delivered to me. And let's stop playing this game of where's where's Paul's post. You know, we have it that was received by you guys. Unless you just randomly throw shit into the bin for no reason, you have it. Give it to me. <laughs> I'll pay you money if I have to. I understand how the system works, but you guys have had it for two weeks. You haven't told me if I have to pay it yet. I'm Of all the stuff I've ever ordered from the US or the UK, it's never taken two weeks for some notification to come through. Normally, it's the next day I get something in the post or an email or a text. But it's just like there's no accountability. There's no, there's no like have a, you know, you go to the 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 knowledge self-help guide for like on post or whatever, which is the Irish post office. There's no like have an item stuck in customs for two weeks. Send us an email here. There's nothing. All they have is, you know, uh, send us a DM on Twitter. And then, of course, you send them a DM on Twitter and they go, well, that's not for us. You have to email this other person. You're like, well, we're going to have that on the website then. And so I probably feel like I'm, what's probably going to end up happening is this will just be considered, oh, it's lost. Nothing gets lost in the post. How does it happen? We know you had it. It was in the tracking. You guys have it. And uh, I'll probably just get reimbursed and I won't, I won't get my post I've been waiting for two months for. But such is life. Stupid idiots in the post office. Otherwise, it's been a quiet week for me, just watching a load of wrestling. <laughs> I've been muted there for about five seconds. Apologies. I was I was making great witty comebacks to your to your story. I was just going to say they get they get the stupid idiot of the year award now in April. There you go. Um, ah, damn it! Stupid microphone. Um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, like, I it's just it's it, it, I, when you use other like I mean, there's so many bad couriers out there. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, right. I feel like I feel like when you have an issue with another private company, you go on their website and yeah, there's a thing of are you having an issue with blank? Well, you click here and we'll talk to it. And with them, it's just like we've got a tracking page. Um, tracking page says something's fucked. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, just uh, before we jump on to any of our various other uh, uh, golfs, we do have breaking, breaking news, news, news. Uh, uh, that fella from Chelsea has killed himself. No. Um, Jesus Christ. No, right. no, it's, no, it's not that. It's not that. I don't even know who that man is. I hope he's doing well. Anyway, uh, it looks like to be formally announced tomorrow. World Wrestling Entertainment is closing in on a sale Ooh, with prepare. one Endeavor oh. uh, conglomerate. That's the UFC The UFC company, right? owner and also 10 million other things because they're a big one. Right. Uh, uh, and we have a scoop here from CNBC in the old US of A. Uh, this comes from Alex Sherman on Twitter. He says, UFC and WWE are expected to form a new publicly traded company as part of the agreement. This allows WWE to follow the Endeavor UFC playbook, which has been very lucrative and effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. And I, I guess that will be formally announced by WWE tomorrow. 
Um, uh, the other thing is that just a couple of days ago, I mean, it, it wasn't newsworthy enough to really talk about it on this show, but I guess now it is. It's like Nick Khan was just saying in an interview that he was open to the idea of doing the UFC pay-per-view model, which is that you subscribe to a Peacock, but then you plonk down, you know, 60 quid mm-hmm. or whatever to watch WrestleMania, yeah. um, which I th- people will turn their nose up at that. I think that their freak fans are dedicated enough. I think they will 100% pay. I think you give them backlash for free, but Rumble, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, charge them 50 quid? Absolutely, they're paying that. Well, I mean, that that, that depends on what existing deal they have with Peacock or NBC Universal, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, but I think think all that stuff's coming due this year or next year. Yeah, too much money. And I suppose the other thing that's interesting about that is does... Peacock technologically have that facility to do that. I don't know if it does or it doesn't. Um, I so. It probably does. I mean, it's probably not a difficult thing to, to solve for. Oh, uh, yeah, knock that out over the weekend. It's just a bit of code, That's isn't it? it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, press the, press the chat, button. Chat GPT, just get, it, get that. Just write me some code for that, please. Write me a code. Um, breaking news today. So I guess Dana White is going to be the Raw after Mania surprise, is he? <laughs> oh, who's this slap-headed freak? Oh, my God. <laughs> They're going to bring back Brawl for All as a slap-fighting league. He's going to do, he's going to do the warrior thing of, of getting extremely red-faced while walking down <laughs> the ramp and then dying the next day. Uh, well, fingers crossed. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's we, we'll, we'll get a proper announcement on that tomorrow, I suppose, and, and we'll dive into it next week. The deal gives WWE a value of nine point three billion. Yeah, the the the, the nine billion figure was flying. That, that's more than that's like th- th- that's more than a lot of things. There's the, the amount of media properties that have sold for less than that is crazy. Star Wars, Star Wars is the obvious one. Yeah, like real real stuff that actually matters in the world, not fake WWE shit. That's mad. That is mad. Have UFC and WWE is one company. I, I didn't have that on our prediction list for the. No, I, none of us do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it, it, like, but it, I mean, it's funny because obviously the other thing we didn't talk about it for WrestleMania, but the, the, they had so much brand integration on this show, it was oh, crazy. Yeah. The main event, right, Joe, was sponsored by this tax company, right? Like a company that basically oh, does no. your taxes for you, right? And like after Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are like hugging and crying in the ring, the replay starts to play but the replay is like they splashed the tax company's name on the screen and said don't and their catchphrase is don't do your taxes and then it and then it goes into the corner and we're used to say like double feature on the old replay it says the tax company's name as the replay of the finish this, of the match. this by the way is wwe a company that would not put sponsors on the ring mat or anything out of the the sanctity of the product, now yeah. it's just fucking. Like, okay. And that that actually also came up in the Nick Khan interview recently. He said he's open to that, which is great. I mean, like milk it for all the money you can. So there was that. There was the cinnamon toast crunch uh, cereal sponsored the Rey Mysterio. Uh, Cinemoji. Cinemojis, excuse me, probably much. And like they said for the, I think we talked about this at the time. They said they got millions for the Royal Rumble stuff with the Street Fighter thing and the Mountain Dew match. So like, as as crazy as that nine billion figure. Sounds. I mean, we've been talking about it for years. No matter what you make of the television show, they they are printing money at that company. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they that, that uh, buying that company is a massive influx of cash for a company like like Endeavor. I, I mean, I I if I I know we uh, we were fortunately three months post our prediction show, but if I was to do a prediction, an extra one before the end of the year, 
there would be some kind of gear, sponsored gear, where the wrestler's attire, like like in the UFC. Reebok It'll or whatever, be like yeah. Reebok or, well, it's Venom now, I think, currently. But it won't be like um, Al Sinead in the back who's making the wrestler's gear. It'll be like uh, uh, Under Armour or one of those style companies. Didn't they, what was the one? Oh, Tap Out. They, didn't, did they buy Tap Out? But the, no, no, they had, they had, a, no, they had a, a merch had a deal, deal with Tap Out. Deal with them, but but not not like I, a, it's funny you bring it up because they didn't really milk that as much as I thought they would. It was basically just, we have a range of... Tap out shirts with mm. WWE logos on them. That's all it really, they did. I they oh yeah because I remember that being a relatively big deal because obviously tap out in UFC was this big thing for years and I thought they were going to go crazy with that but they really they really didn't. No. Um, um, yeah, it, and that that's actually really interesting to think about them doing the UFC style uniforms because obviously they make a lot of money and it's a part of their brand. Well, I don't I don't think they necessarily do uniforms the same way because wrestling it's obviously very important that the wrestlers are distinct and marketable and. Yeah, even for making toys and stuff, they have to look different. But I just think the gear will be produced by a company like that, and we'll have like a football jersey. We'll have like an Adidas logo. Yeah, it'll have a little logo on it. That'd be my prediction. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we will. Uh, we will update on that as we as the week goes on. Another sort of uh, interesting news story in the wrestling world. It's a big, big, very wrestling show we're having this week. We haven't even gotten to Dynamite yet. Uh, two, two. Um, uh, two possible departures coming up. It looks like Drew McIntyre's deal is coming up, and the two the two sides have not reached deal. And also, there's there seems to be rumors swirling saying that Bailey, uh, she did a tweet, yeah, by something, uh, yeah. which I mean, that would in some sense try and make sense of the nonsensical booking of her in the last couple of weeks, months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean. That's. I mean, there's not too much to either of those stories. It's basically just people speculating they might be out the door. TK brother, open up the yeah. checkbook. Come on. Oh, he better. I mean, he better. <laughs> Fucking. Um, God damn it. But yeah, we again develop much like the sale. Those are developing that's, stories. We'll see where we go. That's the other thing with Naomi. I forgot to mention. Obviously, she's married to one of the Usos. So mm-hmm. signing her is that. All- I mean, this didn't really work with Andrade because he's a fucking nutter. <laughs> that trying to get Charlotte and Rick through Andrade didn't obviously and work Malachi out. Malachi as well. Yeah. What getting Peyo Trinidad? I mean, I mean, the, the, just just in the sense that it's an AEW talent married to a WWE talent. Yeah, but I think you want to sign her anyway. But um, yeah, signing Naomi to get to the Usos. I mean, not that that's likely to happen, but yeah, that's the kind of kind of play you have to think about. Hmm, interesting interesting anyway uh that is the news of the week uh we will segue over here to the uh the emails i have one email here well actually i have two i got got another scam email trying to sell us a website designer i don't know why those are getting sent to me but i keep getting them i have a second one here though an actual email from a listener right it's real well I, i assume it's real an email here from wallace new emailer i believe i'm not sure if you've heard from wallace before he says subject fop which I talked about last week. He said, believe it or not, FOP is owned by HMV, uh, which is probably why they'll never mm. come to Irish shores, unfortunately, because HMV are, are went into liquidation or some shit over here. And he says, mm-hmm. uh, and if Joe hasn't been to the Covent Garden branch, he's a disgrace to physical media and to film. So Joe absolutely called out and wrecked by Wallace well, here. Except I have been there. But, uh. Oh, 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 thank you. Oh, yeah. He's doing the Daniel Garcia right now. Wallace in your direction. Take that. No, that's a great story. It's a great story. It's like a very stripped back kind of HMV, but with shitloads of media, basically. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's good. 
Oh, yeah, I would say I was please. over in when I went over to England last year. I was in Liverpool, and there was a HMV there, and I did do the a little bit of a Cody Rhodes lip quiver. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, rested. Anyway, that's my one email. That's literally all I got. Cracking, uh, so. cracking email, Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, more wrestling. More reviews. wrestling. Have you have you seen this program, The Wrestling? I love it. Um Dynamite this week. Oh my god. Um, it feels it feels like a year ago. It does. Saying. I mean, and that's always the thing about about them during WrestleMania uh, uh season is that they are uh, yeah, they're fighting the uphill battle a little bit. Um but uh, I thought I thought this week's show was was all right. Um uh, so I will uh, pull up an old review here if I can find one. Uh, the main event was uh, Daniel Garcia versus um, uh, uh, Adam Cole in Adam Cole's return match. I will say, like, wasn't wasn't blown away by it. Uh, no, you know mm. the big the big return for um, uh, for Cole uh, was all right, but uh, I didn't I didn't rate it too highly. What did you boys make of it? It was okay. Same, yeah. I, I don't I don't love Adam Cole in the ring. I don't think he's the no. matches he had with Hangman last year. They were I didn't particularly enjoy. I don't know. I, lo- I love Adam Cole, but I, I don't know in the ring. Yet to be yet to be converted. Yeah, I wonder if he can use that innate like ability he has in, in more in his ring style to be more sympathetic and. Yeah, he should be the baby, you know, baby face in peril kind of. Yeah, get his, get his skinny ass beaten down by a big bloke. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of big blokes, uh, Chris Jericho came out afterwards and gave him the old. Not quite. I'm not quite looking at you, but I know oh, he's overacting. Oh, I I need a Jericho break. I need a Jericho break. I thought. I, mean, I think Jericho should be given the Oscar for his acting. Here. Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> it was alright. He wasn't too bad. No, he was rubbish. Come on, no, come on. She didn't do it. He just gave a little. Oh, I'm scowling. Oh, no, he wasn't scowling. He wasn't scowling. And also, it's like so disingenuous because it's like, when when did the JAS ever come out and, oh, well, let me tend to your wounds. Oh, Daniel, no, be careful. You're hurt. It's like, what? That's not how they act. Why yeah, they the, suddenly The, the point is, is that they're all Jericho sycophants and he loves it. That, oh. That's the gimmick. Anyway. Oh, and I Jericho'd out. I'm Jericho'd out. Give me an hour break. Mm. Give me an hour fucking break. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all right. Um, uh, you know it's funny what you were saying about Cole I think Cole's a great big match wrestler he knows how to go all out and obviously like made his name doing the takeover stuff but yeah I, I've never quite enjoyed the, the, the television matches um, right um, going back here to the top of the show we got got a long old Matt Hardy match to kick off the show this week with Jack Perry um, yeah but we also got Taz singing Jungle Boys music so you know, swings around the best. You take, you take what you can get, don't you? You know. Jungle Boy won. That led to MJF. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, that led to no. Matt Hardy beat him, and now Matt Hardy's facing MJF at the <laughs> at the pape. Um, uh, MJF cut off. Uh, came out and cut on. It was a long promo, but I did like it. Kind of talking about their twenty twenty match and mm. the yeah. the different directions their careers went, and so on and so forth. Um, talked for quite a while, but. Um, yeah, and then uh, Jungle Boy said that um, uh, uh, he had a conversation with MJF after that match backstage and so on and so forth. And uh, it led to a brawl. 
uh, and, and MGF retreated. I, so I, I feel like we're doing a singles match and not a four way at the pay per view. That's that's what I'm feeling from, from this. I don't know. I feel like they maybe are going to give each of the people a, a focus. Like maybe ne- maybe next week will be MGF will be focused on Darby Allen specifically. Yeah. Maybe spread out a little bit more than just all four of them constantly in the ring all the time. Um, so after that, we got, um, uh, we see here, I, I missed them setting this up last week. I don't know if I wasn't paying attention, but we got like a Matt Menard, Angelo Parker and the acclaimed. They've been skin. doing this for a few weeks. Okay. Been trying I, to recruit I, the acclaimed. Yeah. I must have missed this cause I, I, they had a very wacky, not very funny skit where they were. It was good. I, I, I thought this would have worked better if it was dripped throughout the show. Yeah, maybe some more like it was like a, it was like a little yes. video package they cut together, and uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, if they sprinkled them out through the show, but that that would have been better. Yeah, uh, Blackpool Combat Club squashed the boys um, and Dalton Castle. Yeah, um, not, not much to that, you know. Uh, people, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like I think it's an interesting direction, but I, I feel like people just don't really want to boo the Blackpool Combat Club, really. Um, but we'll see. Maybe. Well. Mox was going to help with that. So Hangman and Don Callis are backstage, and Mox hit Don Callis right into the hospital. Yeah, uh, so, he, so he returned oh, babyface is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's unclear. Yeah, I don't know that I would... If, if that the Blackpool Combat Club being heels and the Elite being babyfaces, I don't know if I'd be using Don Callis necessarily. But well, well, this is the thing. We, we've talked very thoroughly since the Elite came back about the wishy-washy nature of this and their baby faces, but you got Nakazawa there and Callis. And, and my, I, I'm just so, I, I don't want any of the elite melodrama. I don't want, are they friends? I don't, I, I don't, I don't want just, just be baby faces. I don't care. Get rid of Callis. Oh, Callis has Kenny's ear. Whose side is Kenny on? I don't give a fuck. Just have them be a baby face team. Oh my God. Can everyone please stop? I don't need lore. I don't need YouTube skits. I don't need whose side is he on. I don't need shifty looks at the camera. Please just be normal and just have some matches for the love of Jesus. I just don't care anymore. I'm sick of fucking whose side is he on and, and storytelling and emotions and, uh, and uh, fucking Don Callis affecting Kenny Omega's men's mental health. I just don't need any of that. Yeah, but you do have movie buff Moxley backstage going, lads, have you seen <laughs> Have you seen Point Break? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's really hard. We, we need to get our hands on Moxley's letterboxed here. I, say, I Every time I'm reminded of that list, I keep saying I should make a list on Letterboxd that's every film he does a little review of on, on that in that book. Uh, oh, I love his reviews in the book. They're great. They're so great. Oh, do another book, Max. Just just a film review book. <laughs> Have you seen Point Break? It's fucking brilliant. I love it. Anyway, here's a story. Great um, book. No, no, no. Anyway, speaking of um, Kenny Omega, he faced Jeff Cobb in a very fun uh, US title match, uh, IWGP yeah. US title match. Uh, not much to say, but just good. You know, good, good solid just match. Just good. More about the post match again. Um, yeah. So uh, the post match, the BCC come out and they're beating up Kenny Omega. And uh, after going home to lick his wounds and cry and 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 look after his children, out comes the American Dragon comes out to save Kenny Omega? Question mark? Mm-hmm. Oh, he must be. I mean, he's a good guy. Why else would he be doing? What else would he be doing out here? Uh, but he does. He does give the old uh, Busaiku knee to Kenny in a great, great angle. 
a great great angle it's a great moment um, brian did it perfectly and it was it was very sweet chin music you know the, the way he lined up the knee that's what yeah. i like about it yeah it's perfect um braun asked me during this angle going oh has he ever been a bad guy before i was like oh, 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 let me tell you this guy can be the best bad guy in the world i think i think that's actually a much more interesting direction from going forward like because again another thing we've talked about in the show he's lost the big one 17 times since he's been in aew so i'm kind of like all right we're kind of work i think they've run out of roads with him as a baby face i think there's only so many times he can challenge for the title and lose do you know what i mean so i think i, I think this is i think this was a necessary switch um uh, for him yeah, yeah, I think I think it works as a as a group. Uh, we got a very serious promo from the guns. <laughs> what you know? What we need? We need CM Punk to return and be like in the <laughs> middle of the two groups, and it's like, which side is he on? And then neither of them want him. I'll beat him up. I'll do a horseman beat down on him. <laughs> it's like whenever there's like a little pesky heel, like like Santino in the Royal Rumble, and everyone just beats oh, him yeah. up and throws him out of there. <laughs> I bet I say he would love that idea. Anyway. <laughs> um, the guns cut like a very serious promo setting up the title versus career match for next week uh, that was good good promo from them uh, again very no no shtick very very I think I think they kind of know this is the match of their lives next week I think yeah that's good uh, Orange Cassidy beat the butcher uh, you know, all right. Uh, I, I nearly called it the TV title. Was it the international title? The international title. During these Cassidy matches, he's a lot of, a lot of the really good <laughs> near falls where he gets like hit over the head with a hammer, and it's like, well, there's no way he can kick out, and then he kicks out, and it's like, mm, okay, kicks out, fair enough. So yeah, like interested to see where they're going if he's going to continue doing this, whether it's building up to a title change. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's a kind of it's a it's a funny little role for him, but he's a very good he's a very good TV workhorse. You know what I mean? It's like these yeah. are these are always fun these matches. Yeah. Uh, Ruby, I mean, as we talked about earlier, this is your 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 um, rubber stamp uh, outcast segment. Ruby beat Willow. Um, Willow got to kick out of her her kick to the face twice, um, uh, and then Jamie Hader made the save, which was interesting. Um, they did a great spot where where she tried to give Ruby the the or Tony the the rainmaker. And Tony ducked it, and Jamie nearly fell out of the ring, swinging her arm so hard she could fucking kill Tony Storm. She actually hit this move on her; it was great. Um, and they, she had a little stare down with Rio. Uh, so Rio and Jamie are having a match next week, which I'm sure will be good. Um, Rio came out looking like a little child. I mean, I know she often looks like a little, but this she this was the most. Little girl got lost and fell over the barricade at a show. Um, uh, a person has ever looked on a wrestling show. God bless her. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then yeah, we got the Adam Cole main event, which we already talked about. And I suppose on on that note, because uh, obviously Adam Cole won that match, and Britt came out and smooched him. Uh, mm. Did either of you watch All Access? Yes. Yes. All right. So this is the other show we've all watched. <laughs> what did you boys make of it? Well, I think you said on Twitter it, it was what it was, and I very yeah. much agree it was indeed what it was. <laughs> it was a real, but not a particularly interesting reality show. It didn't have a lot of drama to it. No, I actually didn't think it was that well done because you did. That is quite a, an interesting storyline, like you know, a guy being injured and will he find out, you know, if he's uh, ever going to wrestle again? That's actually quite a dramatic for by the standard of these kind of reality shows. That's actually like a genuine story. 
they didn't really play it up very well. Like when he saw the doctor, it was just like, uh, nah, I don't think you're going to wrestle for the pay-per-view. And it was like, okay, off we go. It was like, they didn't ratchet up the tension that much. I just, I just yeah. I, I don't think I'll watch it again, to be honest, unless there's a specifically like oh, spicy episode that I hear about. I'm not. I mean, it doesn't help that it's not on Fight TV with the AW plus whatever the fuck it's called that uh, I, 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 I did hear that if you if you have a, a, an old uh, a, a VPN and you set your fight to Australia apparently they get it oh, on there well, I'm not uh, doing that <laughs> it's not it's not it, worth that really it'll be upside down yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh their accents will be all funny bloody hell <laughs> uh, oh Adam Carl I love you $72 redos to get AEW plus on, on Australia anyway um, yeah yeah I mean, it's. It, 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 I mean, this this is reductive, but it's true. It is total divas with an AEW cast. That is and all it is. The, the the most annoying thing was as soon as MJF showed up, I said, "Okay, his his entire shtick will be in character the whole time," mm-hmm. and it was. It was so indeed. Yeah. It will continue to be. Um, there's one clip they showed. So they have the season preview at the end of it, which all American shows kind of have. Um, and they also tweeted this clip a couple of times. I can't wait to finally see this conversation between Ruby Soho and Tay Conti that looks like the fakest conversation that has ever happened between two people on television. Like, like I don't think Ruby has the 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 chops to be on a show like this. I just no. it, the two of them sta- it looked blocked out like a WWE scene, like just the two of them just standing there and saying, "Oh, you hurt me in a match, buddy." But the other the another annoying thing about this, and I know obviously there's various legal things tied up in this. But the the other thread through the episode that will also carry through the season seemed like the young bucks coming back from, um, um we don't just coming back, it. just coming back, just coming <laughs> we, back. Yeah, he literally says we don't want to talk about it. We don't uh, okay. want to talk about it. But then the season stinger uh, says it, it it's going to talk about the Chicago match with the Lucha Brothers, where there was the like, oh, the crowd's going to be hostile here. It's like, why? Why would it? Why would, would that be happening? Mm. Mm. It's like one episode. It was kind of annoying for the first episode. I don't want them to do any more of it for the rest of the season. If they're not, if they're not going, or if they, if they cannot say why, fine, fair enough. I get it. Don't. I don't want to watch an episode where it's like all about going to Chicago where no one likes you for reasons you can't get into. Like it's so stupid. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was what it was. I'll, I'll give it another watch. We'll see what it's like. Um. I hope Adam Cole makes it back. I hope he makes it back. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the. I uh, hope. I hope they can sort out that interim whole situation with Tony Storm <laughs> yeah. and her championship. We'll see. Oh yeah, and it, yeah. It's actually quite funny as well because it seems like the first bit of Thunder Rosa programming we're going to get at AEW in months and months is going to be she's going to be in this season later. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we will finally segue out of uh, the wrestling. Uh, and we will talk about some movies and some various other bits and bobs of televisual entertainment. Um, moving off this week, I'll, I'll just very quickly mention I did get to see Pearl in cinemas after waiting for ages for it to come out over here. And I very much enjoyed it uh, on a repeat watch, uh, but I don't have too much else to say about it. Very, very good. Great film. Um, but I have not seen anything else uh, this week. Who else has seen a film this week? Um, I also saw a film at the cinema. Um, Go on. So on Friday, um, weather was fucking dreadful. It was raining all day, so we didn't want to go out somewhere outside. So we're like, all right, go to the movies. I had a look at what was on. What was on. 
and it was like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Shazam too. I was like, I'm not. I th- it's had good reviews actually. Dungeons and Dragons. I might watch yeah, it on yeah, streaming, yeah. but when I saw the trailer, I was just like, it yeah. looks like a Marvel quippy soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Marvel. Th- I'm like, I can't be bothered. Uh, there was a documentary out, a documentary called Riotsville, USA. And I thought it looked very, very interesting. And I've never seen a documentary at the cinema before for the first time. So I was like, well, that's very cultured, you know, Friday night, mm. go and see a little documentary. Um, so this was about a America in the 1960s and the, the um, kind of civil rights movement, but also kind of riots that started to happen as a result of that. So as a, as a result of kind of over policing and as mm. the kind of tensions and racial tensions, there were a lot of riots in the, in the sixties and some very kind of famous ones. Um, and Riotsville was the name, the kind of nickname given to a, uh, a mock town that was built by the U S military where they trained and prepared for uh, riots. And so they have all this archive footage of these kind of mock riots. And it's all these like, um, U.S. soldiers dressed up like counterculture kind of hippies and ne'er do wells, like going around pretending to riot in a town, and then the army come in and like sort it all out. So it's very, very kind of strange footage, um, but really, really interesting. And then it it kind of goes from there and looks at sort of real riots and looks at how policing uh, and the racial tensions kind of led to this and how actually uh, the police, you know, it, it's not the case where a riot happens and the police come along. It's more that the conditions of law enforcement are what lead to the riots in the first place because mm-hmm. people are policed in a way that they feel, you know, oppressed, they're victimized, you know, they can't walk down the street without being questioned, without being arrested, without um, being targeted. And so it was, it was very kind of interesting. I, I thought, you know, from reading the description there, it was going to kind of then link to the, to the recent, you know, riots that we've seen um, like the, George Floyd, for example, uh, but it was just about the sixties, but, even with that, you can kind of clearly see the parallels with today and how nothing has really changed in terms of the defund the police movement and um, and and the US police who look like the army. You know, they have tanks, they have these like bazookas that they fire on civilians, right. like tear gas and the, things that aren't even allowed in in warfare that they actually use on civilians. This is bonkers, but um, yeah, very 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 interesting documentary. Uh, and they actually had like a, after the film, it had a 30 minute, like a uh, recorded Q and a with the director as well. So that was interesting. Oh, wow. um, okay. nice. um, so there were, there were only three of us in the cinema for this film. <laughs> and after the end of the film, the other guy left. So it was just me and Michelle oh, w- watching the Q and a on our own. I was like, oh, we should, this should be our living room. This is like perfect. You know, we should just <laughs> come and watch all our films here. But yeah, that was, uh, that did you get into to autograph an N64 game for a year? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Funny thing, I know you're going to... Sorry. Go Funny thing was, I like I snuck in um, some some chockey from my one of my Easter eggs. So I had this like <laughs> this little plastic bag full of dairy milk chunks, and I was like crunching them, crunching me, yeah. me dairy milk, trying to get them out really quietly, very aware that there was only one other person in the cinema. So he was the only guy that was like worried about the noise. <laughs> But then he started crinchling some kind of rapper that he had. And I was like, oh, fuck it. He's, he's doing it. Then I can do it. It's fine. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was, was fun. Very good. I thought you were going to say that Riotsville just happened to be the name of the town that had the most riots. <laughs> just a weird coincidence. That's why they named it that. Awesome. So that was the movies. Very good. Like that old joke about knife point. Why would you live there? <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, uh, what about television this week? Yeah, I watched some TV. What you watch? Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Well, obviously. Well, obviously, we had the return of the big boy, Succession. Oh, yeah. Um, This week. Joe, I assume you're up to date. Oh, absolutely. Up up on Monday oh, morning. Oh, bloody hell. I watched it Monday evening. I got I to gotta wait around for it because I'm part of a group that watches it together. So hmm. We call ourselves the Succession Boys. <laughs> call yourself the Disgusting Brothers. <laughs> um, I will say, I thought the first half of it, as far as Succession goes... So in succession relative terms was fairly weak, I would say. And then I thought the latter half of the episode was your typical top notch Mm. succession. In particular, the last scene of the episode uh, with Shiv and Tom, uh, you know, that's the typical, typical quality yeah. I would expect from that show. Um, I don't know what it was about the first half. There was just, I don't know, the comedy wasn't hitting uh, comedy. It's not, 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 not comedy per se, but you know, the quippy lines, the, 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 the yeah, Roman yeah. Roy, the Roman Roy lines that just weren't really hitting. There was just kind of like, Oh, that was a bit clunky. Oh, yeah. there's another one. There's another clunky line. And it just wasn't hitting as smoothly as, as it, it normally does. It almost felt a little bit, I know what you mean. Cause it was felt like the characters were kind of playing their character. You know what I mean? Like it was right. like, I'm being Roman kind of thing rather than yes. it didn't feel as natural, but I, yeah. I, I still liked it. It, it br- the way it brought it back and kind of set things up. I, I like the dynamic, but I yeah, think yeah. yeah, overall very very good episode. Overall very good. And Nan, I love I Nan Pierce. Oh my god, she's so fucking <laughs> annoying. People keep saying. I imagine this was very much like you know Vince McMahon. You know, people keep saying numbers eight billion, nine billion. I, oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel ill. Oh, what's happening? No, you're right, and I I I love um the the kind of juxtaposition between the the approach of the kids and and Logan and his team because without spoiling anything for people who haven't seen it, it seems like one side that got what they wanted. It feels a lot like they've actually kind of fucked themselves, and mm. what what is seen initially as a victory, I think, in the long term, will turn out to be kind of the reason for their fall in a sense. And um, I wonder if, when it's all said and done, if kind of the overall thing to be taken away from from Succession is going to be, you know. Jerry Briscoe saying, don't mess with Vince McMahon. Mm. You know, it'll be that, you know, may- maybe, maybe the end of the show will be kind of a, a, whether Logan will, will pass away or not, or whatever it might be. I think it'll just be that, fuck it. You just can't get the better. He's, he's part of a generation that just is so callous and so uncaring that you, you just can't beat him, you know? Mm. Um, and, and, and I, and, I think it would be an interesting ending were he to pass away. And the story is that, that that kind of old guard is going away and, and that that's kind of whether it's a bad thing or a good thing is that these, these people who really will go to war and go to battle and, and ultimately can't ever be gotten the better of are kind of going away. I think it would be very interesting, but yes, as far as that first episode went, I, I, I think they've definitely left some very uh, tasty, fluffy breadcrumbs. 
that I'm just hoovering <laughs> up and I can't wait to see where they lead. Mm. Um, again, I know that I put Succession on, on a really, really high pedestal, but yeah. as far as that goes, I don't know if there's anything better for like really... And this show, this episode didn't even necessarily end with like a cliffhanger per se, but just the direction they go. Like, oh, yeah, it set the field. It set, it set out the, the stall for the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, I liked a lot of the characters seem to have really changed this season. That's what I kind of liked as we go into the final season. So like Greg, for example, who before was always this kind of slightly naive, slightly silly Awkward. character. Now he's this sort of a slightly arrogant, lascivious, like, oh, yeah, he's kind yeah. of clearly very pl- pleased with himself. Same for like yes. Connor who was always completely confident or it's a bordering on arrogance. Now he seems to be like shitting himself about the presidential thing. Logan as well, like incredibly kind of cocksure and strong now a bit yeah. depressed and sad, you know, all the characters have had these real kind of transformations going to last yeah. season. That's, well, I mean, I, I think the important thing is that I think the, the underline of the whole show will be that Logan does love his kids. And so he fe- he's feeling affected by that currently. Despite what his actions might portray, Loves because he has pain. his expresses it. Yeah, it's, it's like well, he has his business brain, and he he always acts the way he acts to get ultimately ahead in that. But I mm. think, despite how he might treat his kids, you know, obviously the alliances shift during the run of the show. I think overall the thing will be he 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 loves his children, and mm. whatever way he acts, that that maybe will be partially responsible for his his character motivations, but. It's great to have it back. It's a shame that this is the last season, but I hope they go out on a on a high. So we'll see. Uh, on the other side of the coin, on the very far end of, of the spectrum, off in the horizon, a little dot off on the horizon, um, this last episode of The Mandalorian. Mm. Do you see it? Yeah, what's it today? What a waste of time. <laughs> what happened? What is nothing happened? It was just the the, the most bare minimum. Uh, so so here, let me let me explain to you everything that happened in this forty minutes of television. Uh, uh, this planet that had a problem with pirates. The pirates are coming back and attacking it. We need help. Okay, let's just ask for help. Uh, oh, we can't help. You have to ask the Mandalorians for help. Oh, the Mandalorians go and help. The pirates aren't there anymore at the end. What are we doing? This episode in every in any TV show I've ever watched, I don't think I've ever felt watching a TV watching an episode uh, that this we were just spinning wheels and doing nothing mm. and not advancing anything. Um, I, again, maybe you could argue the very last scene with the 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 guy who finds the ship out in space. Okay, that's that's something that advances the plot, but the whole thing with the pirates and Carl Weathers and his little thing. First of all doesn't make any fucking sense right what is with star wars and it's it's uh, obsession with treating planets like like just just give you an idea right the story here is this planet where carl weathers is right is not signed up to the new republic's treaty or whatever right they're they're not included as part of the this the system that's that's protected by the new republic right mm-hmm. but actually in the context of the show it's just this one town where about 20 people live <laughs> and so with star yeah. wars it feels like tatooine right tatooine is a planet but in star wars terms tatooine is the five kilometer radius where luke skywalker yeah. grew up and jabba the hutt lives and uh moss isley is it's just one each it's planet like has one ta- it's a waste really isn't it each planet has one town each yeah planet exactly. has one t- 
yeah. <laughs> they should probably expand a little. I, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't need all the spaceships if they if they did that. Because that happened in this one, right? It's it's the the planet where they live, and so mm. someone's going to be out there going. Actually, it was not the planet. It was actually his whatever, right? But he 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 can't ask the New Republic for help because they're not signed up to whatever, right? And then they the, the pirates come and they go live in the desert, and there's, there's about twenty five people. And, and Carol Weathers. I was like, wasn't this be like a th- more than 10,000 people or something? Mm. Um, and also, so Carol Weathers, and they set this up earlier in the season, he, he wants this place to be independent. He doesn't want to be reliant on the New Republic or, or it to be like it used to be with the Empire, right? Because they exist in the Outer Rim. Uh, did he put any thought at all into any kind of infrastructure in, in case they got attacked by anybody? No, I'll just go ask the New Republic to help. It's a little bit like Brexit, honestly. We don't want to be part of the EU, but we want all the benefits of it. That's what it felt like here with um, Carol Weathers and his little planet. We don't want to be in the New Republic, but if we need them, we'll just you know, knock on the door and ask nicely if they'll help. Uh, so I, yeah, as I kind of have got over, I, I thought this was a total waste of time, mm. and uh, I thought it was I thought it was absolutely useless. Uh, Joe, did you like it? <laughs> It was fine it was one of the like i said before with the mandalorian i kind of i enjoy the vibes but uh i don't always like follow the what's going on that closely yeah no i mean i mean that's true but, but i, I no, agree not this everything one, not everything one. has to be the main story you're right but i, I there's nothing interesting happening here no this wasn't this wasn't particularly interesting how far into the series are we i kind of lost is it six episodes that was episode seven? five that was, that was episode five. five so we got a few more right we got three three more three, i think okay. we usually do eight um and they spent so long because because Carol Weathers sent the hologram message to your man in the mm. you know, canteen or wherever they were, and then he had to go ask the other person, and it felt like just ten minutes of bureaucracy and red tape of one person asking, "Can, can we help these guys?" Like, just get to the action already. Just get to the bit where the Mandalorians are shooting and flying and doing the stuff. Um. And then the last thing I watched was South Park, which their season's mm. over already. They only did a six episode yeah, season. Yeah, six. One. Yeah. Ugh, went out with a whimper. I think this is one of their weaker seasons they've done. Um, nothing, nothing particularly memorable from it. It was uh, Mr. Garrison. Remember, he was Donald Trump a oh, few years yeah. ago. Yeah, great anyway. stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, not worth going into too much detail on. It was, it was nothing. <laughs> So happy that's that's over. That opens up a slot in my little my little self imposed rules on watching TV. That I, I I allow myself five slots for different shows to watch. Otherwise, I just don't watch any of them. So maybe I watch some more Taskmaster or something. That's it. Uh, old reliable. Old reliable. Uh, video games. Let me just tell you quickly. I started playing Kirby on the Switch. What's the it called? New one. Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yes, lovely game. Yeah. So just about about the end of the first world. Ah, it's great. It's lovely. Um, Kirby, I actually have, I don't think I've played a, a single-player Kirby game before. I think I've played the, the golf one, Kirby's Dream <laughs> on the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, but no, this one, like, Kirby's, Kirby's great. You know, he, 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 you're a car and you're a traffic cone and all this. It's, yeah, it's fun. And I like the little mystery, not mystery, but the little, like, secret things, little achievements and, and quests you have to do. That's they're the thing. Fun. It's it's, it's kind of easy, like a lot of Kirby games are, but there there is stuff you can miss. There's a lot of... It, those levels are denser than you might actually think, which yeah. is good. 
I I I haven't missed a single one yet. But that's oh, because I, I guess I'm I I know I'm, I'm looking for them. But um, the stuff that's I've, I've heard like later in the game where it's like uh, beat the boss without taking damage or whatever. Like I I don't really give a shit about that. But like for stuff to explore in the world and find, I, I'll probably do. Okay. But yeah, I'm just at the end of World One. Yeah, it's a nice nice little diversion. It's it's easy to just pick it up and do a run of one level. It takes you like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Um. And I'm also near the end of Gears of War 2 mm. on the old Xbox, which, again, I'm playing the co-op with my friend Sean. Went over and had a three-hour session of it um, yesterday at his. That was fun. But um, as I mentioned before, the the absolute pain of getting logged into an Xbox 360 game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially a multiplayer one. Like, I don't know what it was with that generation, with PS3 and Xbox 360. Where they just fucked it completely. PS3 games you can't play on a PS4 or PS5. You have to stream it because one reason or another. I don't know. Still don't know why that is the case. Uh, And for 360, when you're playing on the Series S or X and you want to play a 360 game, you have to go through their whole 360 infrastructure, log in, download your profile, blah, blah, blah. You can't just use your modern profile. It just doesn't work. What, What was with that? generation were they just too ambitious for what they actually had infrastructurally no. at the time or i don't know just it's, it's funny it's both those consoles at the same time in the same generation ps3 and xbox 360 specifically going back to them doesn't work as it does for literally every other system it seems like yeah um but anyway come to the end of gears of war 2 uh yeah i, I mean it's, it's better than the first one it's in a great game every way it's great um the, the big meatheads, it, it, it's like limp biscuit the game, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun. And, and you know, we'll beat that. We'll go on to Gears 3. The good thing about that series is that there's there's not that many games, realistically. There's only five of them. And then Judgment they brought out as well, the, the prequel. Um, I'm interested to see how it goes, you know, like with Halo, when it moved from... Um, Bungie to 343 Industries here where it's Epic obviously made the first three I want to say and now it's is it the Coalition who makes the made four and five yes yeah so I'm interested to see how that feels moving from from one to another which is also a generational jump but um that's what I've been playing uh, this week Barry tell me about yours yeah I I finished the Punisher which I was streaming um I had a I had a great time with it. I mean, it's a very very early two thousands third person shooter with a ton of charm, a ton of goofy, gory, ridiculous charm. It has some of the worst boss fights I've played in in ages. They're just so basic. Um, although some of them are, are surprisingly difficult with no checkpoints, uh, so I, I was banging my head against the finale quite a lot. But it's it's a very fun, and I, I it's one of those games that you can't get on a modern system. It's you know partially because it's like a licensed game, so it's it's kind of in limbo. Uh, uh, but you can emulate it, or the PC version is like available for free with relative ease because it's like an abandoned where right. But yeah, I finished that, enjoyed it. Uh, put a couple more hours into the Resident Evil 4 remake. Uh, th- that is a phenomenal game. I mean, it's it really is a perfect balance between the um, everything that was cool about the original, but with a great modern sheen on it. I mean, I'm really loving that game. Um, uh, it's really fantastic. It's also much scarier than the original. Resident Evil 4 <laughs> in the in the 
in the pantheon of those games, both at the time and even more so now, it's not it's not a very scary. It's you know it's got it's got yeah, atmosphere. I mean, I mean I, I I've kissed myself three times since I started. <laughs> it, it, it it has it has it has great atmosphere and it's not without its scares. And I think there's some stuff coming that you haven't seen yet that are mm. that that's quite intense. But this, I mean, this game is is. A lot more atmospheric, I think. I think it's. I think it's. It's really, really fantastic. So yeah, liking mm-hmm. that. I am. Um, I forgot to mention at the top of the um, uh, at the top of the show in, in our in our news section. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, over the weekend, Brona sprained her ankle again. Uh, oh no! Uh, we were out walking the dog, and she tripped and and sprained. I don't. I, I don't even think it's actually sprained. Just- I, I I have the alternative to sprain my ankles as it's, well, so I, I know that pain. It does happen, and it's not the first time. So she's she's a bit of a recurring injury. So so yesterday there was a lot of just kind of sitting and kind of watching mindless kind of crap on the TV and just just feet up as you would. Um, and so I kind of I went back to Marvel's Midnight Suns because that's a very easy game to just when you're zoning out to just play. I, I, that that game is really really great, and I'm I'm really really getting into it. And I'm also the writing is very MCU, and it got a lot of justified criticism for that. But I actually find the story to be way more interesting than with any of the actual MCU films. I'll say that much. Um, it's got a lot of your your classic Avengers in fighting kind of you know debating how to tackle certain things but also the titular midnight suns are kind of a separate little they're basically a team of mystics who deal with basically supernatural otherworldly demon shit and they Mm -hmm. have to work with the avengers so there's infighting within the avengers and then the midnight suns are also distrusting of the avengers and so there's actually all these interesting dynamics going on and like i said aside from the when i talked about it a few weeks ago you've got your the the thrust of the gameplay is your kind of turn-based x x com style combat but there's a lot of time like pottering around your headquarters and just like talking to characters, getting to know them. You have a social link with each of them. You've like you can level up your relationship with each of them. It's way more in depth than I was thinking. And so you're kind of like the overall narrative is is moving in a certain direction. But if you want to spend time in between each mission, talking to each character and seeing how they feel about each thing, and you have dialogue choices as well, so you can aggravate them or pick sides in arguments and all sorts of stuff it's way more fleshed out than i was expecting and it's it's surprisingly compelling despite the fact that you know the writing is a little bit annoying and the, the tony stark character is just like the movies really irritating also i got <laughs> i got the um i got the version whatever the special edition with all the dlc so i've gotten um morbius and deadpool were dlc characters uh, and they come with story stuff as well they're not just characters you can pick and fight um and even though he's got that same irritating brand of deadpool humor it's uh he's wearing a shirt with a unicorn on it oh he you know it's all kind of he does cutesy stuff isn't that funny because he kills people how that's crazy it's got all that on it but i'm still i was very pleasantly surprised with how like interesting the actual writing of the character is because because he's deadpool and also because he's dlc he doesn't really factor into the main story he kind of has this isolationist thing and you can kind of probe him for information and ask him how he feels about the team i'm shocked at how well all that stuff works so uh, i'm i'm really liking midnight Suns. i'm up to about 30 something hours with that game and I'm, i don't even think i'm halfway through the story it's really long because you can just you can just waste time doing side quests and talking to characters and hanging out you can do all that kind of stuff basically for as long as you want so uh really really enjoying um uh, marvel's midnight suns um and that game i mean it seems like it was not a big hit it's heavily discounted all the time i would definitely say 
Uh, if people are curious about it, definitely give it a spin if you see it on sale next time, uh, because it is um, it is very well done. But uh, yeah, nothing nothing new on the game front. That's all stuff I've been playing uh, that I've talked about uh, a lot. Um, so yeah, actually, I, I, I need to kind of like you were saying about watching a certain amount of shows. I've I've been playing a lot. I need to kind of wrap up some of these things. I probably want to I want to finish Kirby. Actually, I I I, I started Kirby months ago at this stage and i kind of just drop in and drop out with it every now and then but uh i want to wrap that up and i want to wrap up re remake as well but uh yeah that's the games for the week um do we have an album of the week we have a little album of the week and um this week's album was uh ingenue by katie lang Mm. um who is someone that was very big when i was younger in the sort of early 90s she was quite a a, you know, well-known artist, or at least I'd, I'd certainly heard of her. And if you'd said, have you heard of Katie Lang? I said, yep, she's a singer. There you go. However, I, I don't recall having ever heard any of her music and I could not have predicted exactly what it was going to be. So I listened to this album, Ingenue, which I think came out in 1992. Um, so second album. And I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, she was a bit of a rocker, something like that. It was like a jazzy country music cabaret album with like accordions on it and i was so so surprised by this it was not what i was expecting at all and i would say not my kind of music um but i did enjoy it uh, regardless of that i listened to it a few times and it's it's very pleasant and she has an absolutely fantastic voice you know so even even kind of listening to it not necessarily enjoying the music I'm, you're still kind of struck by how good the voice is. You know, you're still kind of almost just enjoying the, you know, the technical quality of of the vocals. Um, there were a couple of a couple of songs on there that jumped out at me. And the, the other thing about it is that this is a very like simplistic. You know, me not being a much of a music person opinion, but a lot of it sounds like Bond soundtracks. That's kind of my takeaway from it. <laughs> and apparently, she did do a Bond soundtrack that was never released uh, for Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, I believe it was called Surrender. Uh, They went with Cheryl Crow instead. Um, Yeah, a lot of it sounds like that. I did enjoy my two favorite tracks were Season of Hollow Soul and Miss uh, Chatelaine. So if you're ever listening to a bit of Katie Lang, I would recommend both those songs. But I I don't think I'll be listening to it again, you know, (laughs) in too much of a hurry. But I think it was one of those, a bit like the Stevie Nicks album. Very good, but just not my kind of thing. So I was never going to like it that much. So, but it's kind of a thumbs up because I'm like, well, yeah, it's it's good for, absolutely good for what it is. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, next week's album. It'd be interesting. There must be on Spotify a playlist of Bond songs that weren't used because I know Radiohead did one as well. Mm. Really good song that didn't get picked for um, Spectre. They went with Sam Smith writings on the wall. I think the Radiohead song is much better, much more suited. Because Writing on the Wall is a good song, but it doesn't feel like it fits mm. the mold of a Bond movie opening song, whereas Radiohead's song, which is also called Spectre, seemed like a fit a lot more. Anyway, yeah. I too have listened to a song. Go on. Many of them, in fact. A group of songs. <laughs> uh, on one CD. At least that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one's all on the same day. Song wow. Twins, you wow. might call them. Uh, an album by a group called 100 Gex. Mm. Uh, the album is called 10,000 Gex. This is off the, the back of a recommendation by Joe, so no pressure there. 
Um, I mean, I guess I would say, first of all, like KD Lang, I feel like this is just not my kind of music, mm. but I liked it. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so I've listened to it a few times. Luckily, the fact that it's so short means that I was able to kind of dip into it. I think I've three or four times through. Uh, so it starts with Dumbest Girl Alive, which um, has a riff which sounds very similar to Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train, mm-hmm. uh, which is also that riff, or at least that sound, turns up again later out in the album. I don't know if they just, that's kind of the sound they like to do da 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 that, that kind of sound mm. turns up a few times. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, the, the lyrics are very irreverent, very, um, uh, I think the, the vibe of the album felt very similar to the Wet Leg album that came out last mm. year. So if you haven't heard that show, you might want to check that yeah. out. It's obviously not as musically experimental, not as techno, but very similar vibe. Um, kind of young 20-somethings, um, not like burdened us. by yeah I mean the, the the one thing I will say as a big positive is there was no things were easier when I was young mm. <laughs> <laughs> like on so many albums I review yeah. lately it's, it's it's very energetic very get up and go and um, yeah it reminded me a lot of wet leg mm. in that regard uh, it's 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 very intense musically certainly there's there's a yeah. lot of stuff happening even within the same like one song it'll shift from like heavy metal to really intense techno mm. to auto-tuned vocals Scott. Scott there's like two or three songs that are on it that I would say would fall under that banner um now if we go through track by track so Dumbest Girl Alive very fun uh sounds a bit like something like Hollywood Undead or almost bordering on stuff like uh, Ronnie Radke's band, you know, Falling in Reverse, oh, I think they're mm-hmm. called. Soraya's uh, yeah. hubby or whatever he is, who who, who got done for uh, killing someone once. Um, <laughs> and is ostensibly a huge piece of shit. But it's that kind of sound, that kind of bordering on like screamo, mm. screamo metal. Because, uh, you know, a lot of that metal also uses the auto-tune vocals. Yeah. So it has that kind of sound to it. Um Hollywood Baby, I was really not into when oh. I first heard it. And um, I don't know what it was about necessarily, but actually coming out of my fourth listen, it's the chorus that stuck with me the most. Mm, definitely. And so actually it might, in a sense, be my favorite song on the album. It's not the song I added to my best of 2023 list. Yeah. Because I do a playlist on Spotify where I track my favorite song from each album. But that's the chorus that's kind of stuck with me the most, Hollywood Baby. Mm. Um, Doritos, Doritos and Fritos, which I know is your favorite Doritos song. Doritos and Fritos! I think is musically the best song on the album. Uh, I think everything everything but the chorus, <laughs> which what? I don't like at all. I don't like the chorus at all. But I like everything else about it. Um, I think the chorus is a little bit annoying. If anything. Fritos and Fritos with Danny. Give us that, that Fritos and Fritos. But I mean, everything else, the verses, the build up to the chorus, the bridge are all top notch. Mm. I just think the chorus lets it down slightly by being a little bit annoying. But the rest of the song is really, really great. I don't think I've ever come across a song like that that I've liked so much. And then I was like, oh, but the chorus isn't great. Mm. But otherwise, very good. Billy Knows Jamie 
Is this the one you hinted at? I couldn't remember on yeah. last week's yeah. podcast. Yeah. I think you hinted you hinted there was a song that sounds like a band that you weren't very forthcoming on which band that was. One, one associated with professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a limp biscuit song. Yeah, there we go, baby. Yeah, you got the you got the yeah. scratch in. You got the the turn the turntable scratch in. But even the, the vocals, and, even the vocals, the vocals. sound like it sounds feathers. like a, a yeah an album. Ch- like a limbus yeah, one of those like kind of slower band. like album tracks we're like bing, 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 bing. yes that definitely does and and it's great I my, really my, like theme, it my theme music would be uh... <laughs> <laughs> really not um not not big on one million dollars didn't really like that one most one in person in the united states i do like because that one oscillates from yeah. or no it's not is it that one or is it i got my tooth removed no, I, got my, I think it's I got that's the skull one. I think it's I got my tooth removed. It's it, it, it's half ska and it's half like unchained melody. Well, the beginning is it starts with slow the and then at the end because like yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. And then me 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 is actually my favorite song on the album. Hmm. Yeah, really, really or enjoy that one. Me me me. That's what I thought it was called. Yeah, me me. me. Like me, when me. I want Michelle to give me a meme, I'm like me me. Me, me. <laughs> but, uh, me 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 really 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 like that one uh i'll tell you my least favorite song on the album if i can go the remaining seven years of my life i was the frog and never hear frog on the floor again frog on the floor so frog on the floor is like a country infused scars record which has a frog ribbiting used liberally throughout as a sample and it's uh it's not good. <laughs> that wasn't one. My, that wasn't one of my favorites. I didn't. I didn't mind it though. It was. It was, it was, it was a little novelty for me there. That's it's. It's right. too novelty. Like even the lyrics are like puns. Mm. He told a croak. Get it? Mm, it's is that a joke? Good stuff. Good. 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 Shit. Um, but I'll say, like overall, it's 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 certainly a very easy. Well, maybe I wouldn't say it's an easy listen. But it's 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 a grower for sure, and and even though the music is is intense and is kind of out there as far as fusion goes, mm. I think it kind of mostly works, um, and and kind of their their enthusiasm is kind of as well as the songs are is kind of catchy and and likable. Um, I think for me, I kind of, I kind of like a simpler sound, like like a wet mm. leg, which, as I mentioned, has a very similar vibe to it, but musically is a lot more straightforward. Um, but that's just, I think, when, when you're kind of splitting hairs on that, it comes out to personal preference, really. And like I said, this genre or melding of genres or whatever you want to call it definitely doesn't fit into any specific box. I don't know uh, what I'd call it. Equal parts ska. Electro, Geck metal, yeah, hyper pop. I think you said last. Yeah, week. it's um, it wouldn't normally be my cup of tea, but I think I think the songwriting is is there and and kind of I think mm. I think it's more accessible than it might even realize itself or let on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll give I'll give ten thousand Gex a, a thumbs up as well. Uh, I'll say it's not perfect, but it's it's very good. I'll give it a. It, it's it's like a, a three and three quarter to four star mm. for me, which is a very very good score. That that's that's more than I got in most of my school exams. <laughs> nice. 
And there we nice. go. Shit. And that is the music guff for this week. And that's going to be your show. Uh, we are recording this a few hours before WrestleMania Night 2. So uh, you'll have to wait until next week for our takes on that. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to really watch it, I'm fairly sure. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'm watching it live, but I'm working tomorrow. Oh, so I'm, I'm going to be silly, silly boy. I'm going to be doing that. I, 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 I let my, my boss know. I'm going to work. Don't worry. I might be an hour or two late. You got to play it cool. No, no, no. Because I'm honest. Because I'm an honest. You know, I don't, I don't want to be in trouble for letting on that I'm on full tilt when I'm in a meeting, yawning and scratching myself. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week with more WrestleMania takes. I guess more sale thoughts uh, as, as that will inevitably yes. Uh, hit as well as your your usual guffs and gifts and bits and bobs and Tony Khan's special announcement and all that other stuff uh, that will be happening. Um, Tony Khan's special announcement: He's buying Endeavor. He bought <laughs> Endeavor. Can you believe it, folks? Can you believe it? Anyway, uh, we'll talk about all that next week. So, uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. I hope you're having a fun WrestleMania weekend. Hope you enjoy night two. Hope you enjoyed this show. Chairshoppodcast.com is where you can pop us an email if you didn't, or if you did. I mean, don't don't tell us if you didn't. That would just, be, just don't listen. Send us an email saying you liked it, uh, is what you should really do. Um, and we'll be back next week. Uh, so until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Goodbye.